With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 173 of the Salvaggio and Christ Sports Podcast. Here for you on another Thursday night. We'll be going back to Wednesdays next year. Quick announcement. Um, next year being, you know, next week. Um, so yeah, look forward to that. We'll be Wednesdays live Thursdays with the, uh, the upload. So tune in live Wednesdays, be ready to watch the next day on Thursdays. Um, episode 173, 728, 705 PM. Um, got a lot to get into today. Patriots win and more Ryan before we get into anything. How are you though? Doing good outside of that Patriots win because, as we know, I am one of those people, I think you are as well, that want the Patriots to tank and want them to lose and get a better draft position. So that kind of messed some things up on Christmas Eve. But at least they did give us an entertaining football game to watch. Um, so I guess that was nice. Haven't had one of those, it feels like, in a while. Um, Bruins seemingly figuring some things out last night and the Red Sox just continuing to piss you off. Um, oh, you, yeah. of course, being not just you, but me and the rest of Red Sox fan base. Um, I saw the Boston strong tweet that I think you retweeted or quote tweeted earlier that that aggravates me even more. If that is true, um, that we'll get to a little later. We'll have to throw that into the outline. Um, probably the last thing we'll touch on, but yeah, Patriots Bruins as usual. And then some, uh, some little Red Sox tidbits as well. Yeah. CCAs. Um, yeah. Things are uh, a little bit all over the place uh, when you put them together as a collective unit. Uh, the Patriots won twenty six to twenty three. If they're gonna win, I'd rather be it be a game like this than like some stupid stinker that they somehow win. That's true. Um, Good point. So that's okay, but like I don't know, it complicates things, puts you more in like Jaden Daniels territory or something, or an offensive tackle. 
At the Broncos, they win 26-23, moved to 4-11, and 11, and let's get into studs and duds. Yeah, number three stud for me, I hit Devontae Parker, four receptions, five targets, 65 yards, an average of 16.3 uh, on the night. Had two of the tougher and bigger catches of the night, the good adjustment on the second 10 uh, for the 30-yard strike that Billy Zappi had to him with Pat Sertain all over him. That set up the Gasicki touchdown, which was huge, um, and then the phenomenal adjustment on the uh, third and three strike with, again, Sertain, very good corner, draped all over him. Uh, that one went, of course, for 27 yards, which set up uh, the surprising Chad Ryland game winner because as you and I were texting in this game, uh, did not have a lot of high hopes for him, did not think his future in the NFL was going to last much longer. Um, after a pretty shaky game, it was able to uh, kind of right the ship a little bit there. But Devontae Parker, a guy that we've kind of harped on a little, uh, a decent amount this year uh, for, you know, his comments, you know, maybe not trying or dogging it out there at times. He was good in this game. He needed to be. Um, and, you know, he was able to haul in some of the bigger plays of the night. Yeah, and you got to give credit where it's due. It's kind of like Absolutely. we've been with Juju at some points, um, some big plays. And, you know, I mean, it's good to just get a little return on, on investment for once. Didn't give up a ton for him, but um, Devontae Parker was my number three stud as well. So uh, for a lot of the same reasons, you, know, you just got to give credit where it's due and, you know, put up a solid performance in a win, you know. Um these stats might not always stick out for the average receiver, but, um, you know, for a guy like Parker, it does. Yeah, for him, this is a, a pretty big game for him. Like, yeah. uh, not, nothing too crazy. But we'll stick with me then if you have Parker as well as your three because we do have differing number twos. Uh, I went Ezekiel Elliott. Again, maybe not the craziest stat line when it comes to the yardage uh, and usage as well. 12 rushes for 27 yards. Uh, nine receptions, though, and 11 targets, 33 yards, and had that nice touchdown as well. He was reliable as reliable gets in this one. He has been that... Uh, really since taking over the starting job, obviously, with Stevenson out. Now it's probably going to be the, the case for the rest of the year. Stevenson was, of course, placed on IR. Um, although Ezekiel Elliott was in addition to the injury report I saw today with an illness. He didn't practice. That'll be something to monitor. Um, but Zeke's been good. He's been solid when they've called his number. They've called it a lot, and he has rose to the occasion. Uh, the touchdown was a great effort to you know, make a nice move and then kind of dive his way into the end zone. He's been great. He's been the pick-me-up the offense has needed, and he obviously has built quite a bit of rapport with Zappi in a, uh, a short time. Um, again, with the nine targets and the, or excuse me, the nine receptions and eleven targets. Yeah, I mean, you've really gotten as I guess as I don't know as much as you can hope for with Zeke with Ramondre out. Uh, Ramondre ruled out for the season as well on IR, so we're not getting him back. Um, for a guy you had uncertain expectations for, I think at this point what you're getting is you know something you can take. Something mm-hmm. that can, you know, parlay into a one-year deal again next year, maybe two. I don't know. Depends on how confident they feel. But uh, Zeke has gained a lot of fans recently, and rightfully so. Demario Douglas with a capital M in his name, as he said to the media. He likes it with a capital M. I don't know if it's, you know, just personal preference or, okay. um, you know, namesake. But Demario Douglas, got to give him credit. It's crazy what could have happened if they, you know, trusted him a little bit uh, <laughs> earlier in the year. Right. But yeah, when he get when he gets when he gets opportunities, he you know he converts five catches on eight targets, which isn't like amazing. You know, you want to convert on you know a couple more of those here and there, but um, he made good on those five catches for seventy four yards. The big one being that forty one yard catch. Um, I just love him. Uh, more and more over time, he's given you uh, certainty and something to be hopeful about next year and what's been a crappy year. So when you're getting that sort of return on investment in the second half of the season. Uh, from a guy who could have been like Keishon Bouti. I'm not blaming this on Bouti, but it's just, you know, 
the yin and the yang, I guess, um, of rookie receivers in the sixth round. Uh, they have a lot of similarities. You'll take what you can get. And he's fast. He's quick. He's, you know, it seems like he's got a good head in his shoulders, good football mind, you know, smart player. Um, when you get what you've gotten in the sixth round, you got to be happy with it. And, um, you know, without his efforts, especially that 41-yard catch, uh, which was one of the highlights of the game, mm-hmm. uh, might not win this game. So, Yeah, absolutely. You take what you can get from him. Quick uh, little divergent off of the studs and duds, because not to spoil who it is, if you watch the game, it's pretty obvious who it was. Um, but you did not have him as a stud. I did not have him as a stud. Bailey Zappi, is there any reason um, why he was left off the studs list for you at least this week? Cause pretty good week for Zappi. The game... Didn't get off to a great start by any means. That's kind of re- the reason why I didn't have him on mine um, with the yeah, strip sack as the very first play of the game. Uh, but 25 for 33, 256 yards, uh, two touchdowns, two sacks, and a QBR of uh, 117.7. So numbers that would, you think, put the guy on the studs list. Uh, but you kind of in the same mindset that I was. We're going to really knock a guy for the very first play of the game. The first half, I don't, I don't think really quickly, um, you know, it was kind of a, a different a flip of how Zappi usually performs. Obviously we talked about it going into this game. Um, you know, great first half, but horrible second halves. Mm-hmm. First half wasn't that great, but he turned it on in the second half. So that maybe made up uh, nice. some yeah. slack. Where were you at on Zappi's performance in this one? Yeah, I, I thought about it, but you know, this isn't like a slight on his performance at all. Cause overall, I thought he was pretty rock solid outside of that mm-hmm. first play for the most part. Uh, but it's one of those things where like in this situation, we're going to talk about him at some point. So mm-hmm. I figured I would just highlight, you know, guys like Parker and Douglas who deserve it. And um, our number one, who is the consensus and should be, mm-hmm. um, even in a week where Bailey Zabby played pretty good because this uh, man in particular maybe had the best game of his career. Um, I don't think he young, can yeah, argue that. Guy, mm-hmm. um, absolute game wrecker in this one. So let's get right into it, shall we? Yeah, absolutely. It was Christian Barmore again, for those who couldn't tell how we were talking, for those who may have missed the game. Uh, eight tackles, three sacks, which I'm pretty sure all of them came in one quarter. So that's, I think it was the third quarter he got all those in. So a pretty dominant performance there, just in a quarter alone. Uh, four QB hits, a tackle for a loss, and a forced fumble as well. Played 60 snaps, 87%. We're starting to see more of Barmore, which you and I wanted as the season went on. Extend him. Um, extend him absolutely he also had the uh was right in the middle of the goal line stop on denver's opening drive you said it i don't think you can argue it uh his best game as a patriot by far his most dominating performance um and that really says something with how good he has been lately because it seems like he is putting up a uh, a pretty solid performance week after week this week he just took it you know above and beyond maybe it was the fact that he was playing on christmas eve wanted to show a little bit on uh some prime time national television uh but barmore has been excellent and at this point you just expect more of the same from him moving forward because i think this is him kind of stepping into his, uh, you know, his zone of late. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, this is like the best game of his career. Three sacks is pretty ridiculous, especially for a guy in this situation. Like, is a you know a guy that can get pressure up the middle, but like he's not one of these like TJ Watt types. You know, he plays a different position on the D line, but um, three sacks from a guy like him, uh, we know what he's capable of. But three sacks eight tackles, four QB hits, two tackles lost, and a forced fumble um, is a pretty ridiculous stat line. Um, and it shows you what he's capable of. Um, makes me think back to the draft, too. I Like, he was one of those guys where I was hoping he'd end up a Patriot in an ideal world. But I'm like, man, like, not like necessarily teams are going to regret passing on him, but, like, whoever's going to get him is going to get at least a very serviceable 
player from like a floor perspective. And then mm-hmm. if they hit that ceiling, they're going to look like geniuses. And that's what the Patriots are doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely, I don't, maybe, you know, diamond in the rough is not the, the right terminology. Cause he's a guy like you said that had some sort of some yeah, skill coming out of college. Pick. Yeah. Um, but like I said, to see him finally blossoming into the player that we expect him to be again, we, I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago after a, a down year and a disappointing year last year, a little bit due to injuries as well. Um, but good to see him stepping, like you said, into that role that we expect that of him. And as you said, extend the man, don't, don't, you know, wait around for this one to, uh, to rear its ugly head. If things start to get close to contract negotiations, that he doesn't want to sign. Cause he's a guy that you should be able to, you know, plug in this defense and just let him, let him loose every game. Like they seem to be doing. And it's, uh, it's worked out pretty well so far. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Um, your number three stud is my number two stud, or, or dud, rather. Duds, um, yep. So let's just get into it, and I'll give my spiel as well. Sure, I had Sean Wade. Uh, we go from a guy that played pretty well in Barmore to a guy that did not play really well at all in Sean Wade. Uh, coverage stats-wise, two catches allowed, three reception, uh, three targets, excuse me, 34 yards. I had a touchdown allowed and three tackles as well. Uh, on the same drive, had a dropped interception and the missed tackle. Uh, that resulted in the, uh, I can't remember who it was. Was it Johnson maybe or whatever the name of the uh, receiver was for the uh, the Broncos? Yeah, uh, I think it was, might have been Brian Johnson. So kind of funny there for the Red Sox tie-in if that's actually his name. Uh, but yeah, Sean Wade was not good in this game. Um, the fact, again, that you have an interception dropped and then they missed tackle on the same draft that results in a touchdown. Not a great look. But again, it's kind of the same spiel we gave with the, uh, was it Austin, whatever his name is, Alex Austin. Alex Austin, uh, yeah. Yeah, this is really what you have. You don't have a whole lot of corner depth. Um, to the point we were going out and signing guys this late in the season like they did um, this past week. Sean Wade is what he is. I'm not going to harp on him too much longer because he's not, you know, a, a top-tier NFL corner, and you expect these type of things from missed tackles and uh, and drops here and there. No, 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 yeah. And quick sidebar to a friend in the Twitter chat, Morgan Geeky's best second-liner in the NHL. I'll have you know, Barry, that Morgan Geeky lately has been a first-liner. So, um, I'm sure he's not got him confused with his younger brother that's playing for Canada right now. And- yeah. yeah. Oh, Brian, you know, you know, you know. I, they said it on the broadcast leading up to you know. last night's game like four times. So it's just engraved in my brain at this point. Damn. Puck Noah right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was just a quick little funny sidebar there. Um, Wait, yeah, number Sean, two Sean Wade, like Sean Wade, just not good. Um, mm-hmm. One of those guys that Bill brought in, I think, batting on that upside a couple years ago. Injuries not living up to that ceiling. I just remember um, Sean Wade in his draft year too. First rounder potentially falls in the fifth round. Just feels like a, 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 a cascading series of events in a downward spiral. Um, Marco Wilson is elite. I don't know if Marco Wilson's elite, Barry. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. So I do, I did like Marco Wilson in, uh, in college of Florida though. Uh, but yeah, Sean Wade was bad. Now who's my number two, uh, as I do every week, I highlight somebody that not everybody thinks about, I feel like, that underperforms. Devon Godshaw plays over half the snaps at 51% and only has two tackles. Um, I think it's pretty crazy how playing that many snaps in the interior to the defensive line, you can't do a little more. Um, mm-hmm. That's just me, though. Uh, he has drawn the ire of us this season, and rightfully so, because he got paid a lot and hasn't really been consistently good for many long stretches at all. So mm-hmm. um, he needs to be highlighted. I'm I'm going to be the hero that does it. Somebody has to do it, you know? I came close because I, I kind of struggled not to uh, 
not to sugarcoat it here. Uh, kind of struggled to find some duds here and there in this game because, again, we talked about it last week. Like, this was a game that I feel like not a lot of people caught and paid close attention to because, again, the last game on Christmas Day, like, you're doing other things at this point, or Christmas yeah. Eve, rather. Um, but going back and watching the highlights on YouTube and finding some of the other videos, a couple of plays uh, just, you know, particularly in the run game for the Broncos, Godshaw got pushed around like it was you or I out there trying to get after the quarterback or get after, get after a player. Um, so you highlighted the, the, the stats for him, just watching him on a little bit of film did not really show up at all in that. So I very, came very close to putting him on my dead list as well. You said that he's a guy that I have not been impressed with really since he got here. Uh, still to this day, question the extension of the player because he puts up, as I said before, these type of stat lines, it seems like every week, you know, plays a decent amount of snaps, but has one, maybe a, a half a tackle to, to, uh, to show for. So maybe kudos to him. He stepped it up to two this week. Uh, maybe we'll get a little bit of a progression as the uh, the weeks go on. But at this point, probably not going to happen. Because like you said, this is what Devon Godshaw is. Shows up for yeah. a decent amount of snaps, but doesn't really do a whole lot with them. No, yeah. And I want to take a quick sidebar right here to answer Ken Matthias' question in the Twitter chat. Uh, do you guys think the Pats will sign a top-notch wide receiver in 24 or draft one? Um, at this point, unless they get to the two spot, I don't think they're drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. But that will depend on, you know, if QB needy teams besides the Panthers, which is going to turn to the Bears, um, need a QB. Like if Washington gets number two, maybe you see Williams and Mago first, then the Patriots are three or four and get uh, Harrison. I think it would take a very lucky situation for that. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, it. uh, T Higgins, if he doesn't get franchise tagged, which I expect him to, mm-hmm. uh, but then, you get a guy like Michael Pittman, or I think Tyler Boyd is actually a free agent as well. Mike Evans might be up too, but do you Mike want? Evans. I know he's had a great career, but getting I feel like older, he's going to stay. Like, yeah, that too. Yeah, does he really want to um, leave? Especially with that Baker report, you know, he's got another a thousand yard season. But I'd hope and I would expect because they are projected to have top three uh, cap space in the league this summer. So or summer, uh, spring, summer, whatever. Um, I do expect them to do something because how can you not? I'd like Especially if to. you're looking for a quarterback of the future. Like, you have no excuse with all this cap space. I like T. Higgins. I like Michael Pittman. Um, and I like Tyler Boyd the most. So we'll see what happens. But I you really something. consider Tyler Boyd a top three? Like, I don't consider him a top I consider Boyd him another, like, one of he's the a good receiver. Guys. Don't get me wrong. He's one of yeah, the better guys. But, but he's also been in true. a number three role. Like, That's you true, have to yeah. factor that in. I was looking at the list, too. Kendrick Bourne's a free agent, so it depends on what they do with him. That'll, you know, supplement the depth a little bit. Curtis Samuel, I've always loved Curtis Samuel. You've known this for years. Yes, that is true. Um, he's like a number two at best, though. Other than that, there's really nothing. Like, you're not relying on Hardman or Barrios, Paris Campbell, God no, Jamal Agnew, oh, God. God no. DJ Chark has done pretty there's, much nothing. There's a massive drop-off after the Marquise first couple Brown, games. maybe. Like, he's not number one, but he'd be a decent add. Chase Claypool, no, yeah, that no, it falls off really. Uh yeah, I think you're looking at maybe OBJ. And he's in his thirties, but he's a free agent. Has been kind of unreliable, dealt with some injury troubles too. Um another question. Another question, will Zeke be a backup? Um See, if, they, see- if they resign him, yeah, definitely. When you said that earlier, I think if he put, keeps putting up numbers like this and finishes a strong, finishes the year strong, I feel like some team's going to pay for him to be a starter or pay to have more. Yeah, of a role and when you look at get that a multi-year angle, contract yeah. from someone, yeah, he loves it here. From everything he said to the media, 
So maybe he's cool with what he does, but I think some team at this rate should pony up and at least give him, you know, try and outbid the Patriots to give him a bigger role. Yeah. But um, if he's a backup, I'm not going to be surprised at all. So yeah, um, I mean, he's not going to get on the depends on the backfield he's joining. Yeah. I was just going to say, he's not going to get massive starter money. So when I say maybe a team will pay him to be a starter, he's like, that's a team that's like got a couple of running, like a running back room that doesn't really have a clear number one. So you bring Zeke in to try to, you know, see if he jumps to that role, if he gets a decent contract, but I, I wouldn't hate him back. Like I, this was a, a signing that I wasn't, you know, we talked about it when he first happened, like not the highest. Cause you know, it wasn't the highest on Zeke, but he's proven me wrong. He's been, you know, better than I thought he was going to be. And he has shown that he has still more left in the tank. So again, all the praise to him. Cause he's been excellent with the, uh, the, the improved playing time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's an interesting guy to watch right now. Um, our number one dud is a consensus. And we skipped my number two, one. though. Wait, what? My number two, because we, we had Sean Wade as your number two, so we did Godshaw for you, Wade for you. We did not do my number two dud. And my number two oh, dud yeah, t- no, I, I messed my number two my dud bad, ties bad. into our number one, because this yep. guy was the well, starter, and he was so that. bad, he got benched for a guy that was worse. Uh, James Ferentz is my number two, played the first game, or played, uh, he started the game, as I said, uh, very first play of the game, he was the guy that got tossed aside by DJ Jones, leading to the strip sack of Zappi. Uh, and then the very next play, or very next drive, rather, for the Patriots, they go three and out, consisting of a three-yard run, a zero-yard run, and an incomplete pass. Uh, Bill Belichick obviously saw enough of James Ferentz. I think you and I have seen enough of James Ferentz in his tenure with the Patriots because this is a guy that just is not very good. He's basically there, again, because you just have not, um, you know, replenished the position of offensive line enough where you have to, you know, Go to these type of guys like the Ferrances, the McDermott's, um, and in the number one dud case, maybe a little different circumstance because he is still young. He's a rookie, so he's trying to find his way. Uh, but another really, really bad week for Antonio Maffi. Uh, one hit allowed, yeah. three holding penalties. One, of course, was negated. Um, but again, it would have been his third holding penalty. His first one negated a five-yard zappy scramble. The second one negated a six-yard Ezekiel Elliott run. And again, the third was declined. Um, not a great game for the offensive line, at least in the first half. Uh, but Mafi was not good. Now there was Ference. You had Mafi, like you said as well. So, what were your thoughts on his play? Things just are working for Antonio Mafi. He had like a couple moments really early in the season, but every time he's been relied on, I feel like the uh, negatives outweigh the positives. Unfortunately, for sure, it's a rough for game. Sure. Like not this guy that was projected to be a uh, like a surefire awesome starter at guard as a rookie but it's been a tough year you, know, you gotta just you know highlight the negatives uh when they happen i guess but not someone i'm super worried about um so yeah that's really about it with Mafi. um mm-hmm. i think we both have a pretty firm answer on this one another question from ken uh can you see demario douglas as being a number one or two receiver um in terms of talent i think he could be a number two receiver because mm-hmm. i'm hoping they add someone uh with you know, a bigger price tag. I'm in the, um, uh, the same mindset. But like, you know, price tag wise, and maybe I guess skill if he hits, you know, his prime form, Kendrick Bourne, if he comes back, or Juju Smith-Schuster could be a one or a two, depending mm-hmm. on, again, who else you add. But in terms of pure skill, and if they really trust him and give him a bigger role more consistently, I could definitely see DeMario Douglas being the number two receiver on this team next year. That's what you hope for. Not the number one. It's like Mm -hmm. number one in an ideal world would be fantastic, but it just, I think that's too high to go, but I like where you're thinking, Ken. 
Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you get a number one receiver in year two out of a six-round pick, I mean, that's a master class. So, I mean, it just shows that uh, maybe some teams pass on Demario Douglas for too long. So, mm-hmm. That's the positive side of him being a number a number one next year. Like if he blossoms, it puts in the work in the offseason, comes into training camp and just blows everybody away and is a number one in that sense, and that's great. But if he's a number one in the sense of he's a number one because that's all you have going into next season, you didn't spend mm-hmm. any money again, then yeah, that's exactly. a huge problem. Yeah, um, so I'm with you. you like, yeah, exactly. Pretty much the same answer. Like you hope going into next year, he's a high-end um, you know, number two receiver because they went out and did something to get, like you said, a T. Higgins um, or maybe they swing a trade for somebody that becomes available that can slot in as a one. It's also um, true, yeah. But you kind of just let him progress as he as he has been this year. He's getting better and better as the season goes on. Um, you hope just for the rest of the year he can stay healthy because he took a couple of shots in this game again, which kind of scared me. Um, you know, you hope the guy is able to you know sustain the rest of the season, stay healthy, and like I said, continue to grow as a player. He's been good. Um, you, you like you said, that's the fact that you're getting that out of a six round pick has been. Um, very, very good for a position that has been lacking the last couple of years. Um, but again, no it all kind of de- depends on what they do in the off season. And with this team, who the hell knows what direction they're going to go in there. So, yeah, I'm we hate you. to give the, the wait and see answer, but that's kind of where yeah. you're at with him right now. Exactly. Um, Haley Zappi, like we talked about earlier, played really good in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's given you enough to given your draft position draft, you know, at four, depending on how the board falls, the guy like Jaden Daniels that is projected to be a pretty good quarterback at the NFL level, I think. But if you have a guy like Zappi, maybe Zappi wins the starting job next year to start. And, you know, injury, underperforming, Jaden Daniels comes in, but like kind of like a bridge guy at the very, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at best. I don't think if you're drafting a guy like Daniels or May or whoever falls at four, um, you're starting Zappy for a couple of years and letting him, you know, Daniels or whoever right on the bench, but um, Zappy played pretty good. Um, the biggest sigh of relief, you know, when you're trying to lose, I guess, is that Zappy is just so much more composed than Mac Jones was. The decision-making is better. No, he's not this like savant, um, but the decision-making is better. I feel more confident watching him and, uh, I think with that decision-making becomes like more uh, certain. I I was going to say another word, but certainty Mm -hmm. like Matt, Max second guesses himself. And part of that this year has been, you know, he just broken in the system and broken mentally, I I think, but um, I see more certainty. I see more confidence. I see a guy that's motivated. You know, he had that quote a few weeks ago, but like he wanted to win the starting job at some point this year. Um, he plays with some more fire than Mac does, and I like it. Yeah, I think the the confidence thing is big because again, going back and watching some of the highlights of that game, what I think the the play that it, that shows that the the best uh, was the Gasicki touchdown. Because remember, in that the pocket collapsed on him pretty quick, so he had to roll out. Obviously, yeah. kind of, and the, I think I said it watching it with my dad. I'm like, that's a play where if that's Mac Jones, you know, he rolls out, goes to take off, but then kind of this Zappy obviously goes to take off, and then kind of. If you watch it, he composes himself like, oh, crap, I have time here that I can still throw, like set myself and throw instead of like how many times this year have you seen Mac in that same yeah. situation? I'm going to throw on the run, throw off my back foot, and then the ball is 20 yards under thrown for an interception. Zappy's able, like you said, to compose himself and, you know, throw a dime to Gasicki, which is good. So his, we've talked about it, you know, since he's taken over. The pocket presence has just been better as well to kind of know when, you know, he has time to step up, has time to roll out and kind of, like you said, compose himself. 
Um, so he's been good. I talked to you about this off air. Um, you know, the thing that's kind of in the back of my mind, and again, this will probably come down to, you know, who if they decide to go in a different direction um, in the coaching sense. Um, but with how well Zappi has played, and if the Patriots continue to pick up some wins here and fall down the draft board, there's a part of me that is going, I just, I hope they don't fall into the case of, oh, Zappi's good enough to lead our team for the next couple of years. We don't have to take a quarterback, uh, you know, with a high overall pick or a higher pick than, you know, we've had in the past. Um, and let's maybe trade it down. Maybe, like you said, take a tackle. So I'm kind of worried in the sense of that. Um, but I do agree with you. It has been much more enjoyable and easier to watch with Zappi because he is giving you something. Um, so, you know, we're not going to knock the guy for going out there and, and playing well and getting wins. Uh, but it does complicate things a little bit. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how kind of things play out the rest of the year and see if the Pagers maybe take that same approach. Like, ah, he's yeah. good. Maybe we'll wait to the second, third round for a quarterback, which would be a mistake. Um, but it does obviously give them options of something, you know, that'll yeah. have to, to weigh I'll on them heading this, into the draft. I'll say this now too. If he keeps playing good, they're going to talk themselves into it. They're going to draft Joe Alt from Notre Dame or Olaf Fashanu from Penn state and take Michael Penix or Bonix in the second round. And I'm not going to be thrilled, uh, but that's just something I'm putting out there in hopes mm. that I'm wrong because you got to go for the sure thing. Um, at this rate, the like, sure I... thing, at least, mm-hmm. you know, you never know, but, uh, God, it's just, this win is really, really complicated things more than it needed to. Yeah. I mean, like we said, talking about it earlier with you ta- over text and then kind of thinking about it again, like, uh, you're obviously out of contention for the first round pick or first overall pick at this point. Second's probably going to be tough to get the rate they're going. You mentioned it. You talk, I asked you, you know, how likely is it that Marvin Harrison Jr. Falls out of the top three? You said probably not at all. Um, so that's kind of where I'm like, if they want to take the, okay, Zappy's our bridge guy for a year. Maybe we don't have to take a you know, quarterback on the first round. Um, you know, again, Nick's isn't the flashiest name, but if they take like him in the second though, round, I wouldn't hate it. You should take a guy in the first round. My my point was going to be at this Especially point. Especially if it's Daniels, because he, I think he's going to take the a little longer than the top two to you know get to that. Okay, so this then readiness. leads into maybe a question I can ask you. And if they the Patriots can find a way to get to the third overall pick, and both uh, May and Williams are off the board at, at one and two, and the opposite, obviously Williams is going to go number one. And you're sitting there with a chance to take Daniels at three or, or Harrison at three. What direction are you going in? Because this is where I'm at. Like if they can get to three. Why did you I'll, ask I'll take, me this? I'll take because I wanted to give my thought of I'll take Harrison at three and wait on the quarterback. That way, you know, if Zappy gets a me again, we're saying the same thing with Mac. If he gets a number one receiver, then maybe things look different. Zappy has shown some ability. Maybe get him a number one receiver. Maybe things start to take off and you can wait on the quarterback. But that's what I mean. This is a, a tougher spot to be in than it was a week ago because they had to go and win this stupid game. And now we're playing this game again. Do you take the high-end quarterback or do you take the the sure, not maybe sure thing because you never know with draft picks, but the looks-to-be-sure thing wide receiver? Or do you try to keep winning and then fall down the Ryan, board further and, like you said, take Ryan, a tackle? I like you less than I did before. Fair, that's fair. That's why I, I got to ask you tough questions. That's what gets people interested. I think the... The reason that you're, or the the fact that you were struggling Daniels, with this is Daniels, good enough. Sorry, you're still going sorry, quarterback. Taking, wow. Taking, okay. The upside is so much higher on Jaden Daniels, in my opinion, than Bo Nix, who's like fucking 26 already or some Ancient, shit. Yeah. Or Michael Penix, who's had like three serious injuries in college and is pretty mm-hmm. good, but um, that makes me wary. And I I think you know, in terms of talent ceiling, 
Daniels is like here. May's here. Williams is like here. And then Penix is like here. Okay. So very similar, um, but. Yeah, I like, you know, this is one of those things where if, you know, Daniels were to not pan out, you look like a moron. But mm-hmm. the quarterback position is so crucial. And the free agent class, unless you're signing a guy like Baker, which I don't think would make a lot of sense in this scenario, mm-hmm. unless you're really trying to compete and Bailey isn't the guy. Um you need the quarterback of the future. This is the biggest draft in maybe franchise history. Um, Just wild because we said that about the Mac Jones draft, I feel like. Yeah. Well, With that this, high this of a pick, is, this is, this is, is different. way different. Absolutely. Um, God, I hate that you asked me this. I, I was to. hoping this would be like a, you know, if you asked me something like this, be like a month from now. Mm-hmm. Um, can we move on to the Bills? Sure, absolutely. Oh, man, you're stressing me out. I apologize. Um, Week 17, Bills, 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 Bills on the road this time. Beat them the first time. I was there. Bills That's are right. plus I forgot 12. you went to this game. Bills are plus 12. The over-under is 40 and a half. The Bills are 9 and 6. This is a big game for them. Um, the Pagers are, are, of course, out. Josh Allen has turned it around a little bit. Um, you know, still not an amazing season for him, but he's doing a lot on the ground still. Um, and I, I think given where they were probably like a month and a half ago, you'd take what you've gotten at this point Absolutely. Uh, for the most part. James Cook's been really solid. They just can't find a way to get him in the end zone on the ground. Uh, Latavius Murray's been a solid reserve guy. Uh, Leonard Fournette has played a game, so maybe Lombardi Lenny takes them to the promised land. I would have no choice but to give him all the credit as a, as a fan. Um, if they end up someone winning the Super Bowl, Stefan Diggs, I feel bad for anybody who has him on their fantasy team. Um, Gabe Davis, too. He screwed me. He's on the shit list probably forever. <laughs> um, Dalton Kikade, Khalil Shakir, Dawson Knox is back. I believe, is he back yet? Yep. Uh, yeah, it's been a couple is, games, but he's so. he's taking a backseat to Kincaid at this point. Like, Kincaid's yeah. their number one tight end. It's not even close. Yeah, you'll take that um, at this point mm-hmm. if you're drafting a guy like Kincaid as early as they did. Um who would have thought Terrell Bernard would lead their defense? 124 tackles, four and a half sacks, um, and so on and so forth. Teron Johnson, Jordan Poyer, guys, we know the, the drill with at this point. Mike and Hyde can still perform as well. Um, then they got like got guys like Ed Oliver, Taylor Rapp. I love Christian Benford. Uh, he's been a pass deflection machine, as um, shown by the stats. Nine pass deflections, one pick. Um, he's really good. I think he's super underrated and underappreciated. I always notice him a lot. Uh, more often than not, when I watch the Bills, uh, Greg Rousseau, guy they took a chance on a couple years ago, has turned out really well as like a project pick, uh, has all the athletic tools. They've turned him into a good player, though. Um, and then A.J. Epinesa is flying under the radar a little bit, too. I think he might have been hurt recently, but uh, for a stretch of this season, he really looked like that first, maybe early second rounder, how they used on him. So uh, the Bills are legit. You know, they're they're playing for with more than – um, they had in that tough stretch where things were looking kind of gloom, uh, gloomy, uh, about a month and a half ago. So, um, yeah, I mean they're a good team. It's a divisional team. They're gonna want to you know beat the Patriots. So, uh, things are going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the injury report: DNP list for the Patriots: Trent Brown with an illness, Jalen Mills concussion, Jabril Peppers hamstring, uh, Juju with an ankle, Zeke Elliott with an illness as well. 
uh, Keisha Bucci for uh, personal reasons or NIR, uh, Christian Barmore, Juwan Bentley, Miles Bryant, Hunter Henry, Anthony Jennings, Jonathan Jones, Matthew Slater, and Sean Wade were limited, and Tyron Wheatley was a full participant. wonder if he dresses. I feel like it's been a while so due to his injury problems. Maybe he's there for some depth in the line. For the Bills, I didn't even Shaq recognize, Lawson. real quick, didn't even recognize who that was when he first, his name yeah, popped up. Pierce I had to look up. Guy. I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah, they got from Pierce Strong. That's uh, also right. dealt with a big injury, so um, yeah, give him the benefit of the doubt, I suppose. For sure. Uh, Shaq yep. Lawson did not participate. Limited for the Bills were Terrell Bernard, big one. Uh, Epinesa, Jamar Hamlin, uh, Micah Hyde, and Ty Johnson, full participants. Uh, Reed Ferguson, Jaquan Jones, Cam Lewis, Justin Shorter, Dorian Williams, Leonard Floyd, Vaughn Miller. Um, it's going to be a good game. You know, I, I think this is a potentially winnable game for the Patriots, even on the road, but I'm not counting on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to, you know, think about it a little bit deeper and differentiate the prediction a little more. But I think me and you are in the same boat in this game, and I think it's rightfully so. It's right around the uh, projected point total as well over under. Um, I am going with 23 to 19 Patriots, very similar to yours. I This just, the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I couldn't change it just how i feel um mm-hmm. it's gonna be one of those types of games around that score and i feel pretty pretty confident in that i um, thought you did you explain this i'm going to run to the bathroom yeah okay so i'll wait for you to come back then uh sure. i did 24 to 18 as mike said i mean the patriots obviously did what they had to do earlier in the season to beat the buffalo bills but if you watch you know the bills are a beatable team as we know if you watch that saturday night game against the chargers the only reason the chargers were in that game is because of the stupid turnovers that the bills continue to make um, that's what they do. That's why they are the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but as Mike said, early in the year, Patriots didn't take it to them, but played pretty well. Uh, Buffalo is going to want all the revenge in the world in this game, especially in Buffalo with their season still pretty much on the line. They pretty much, have, of course, have to win out with the Dolphins still winning and everything uh, to get into the playoffs. Obviously, they're getting some help with teams around them losing. Um, so Buffalo, you know, looking like they're going to be a playoff team, but, but it, it's all pointed at the Buffalo Bills. Patriots have obviously been playing better. It'd be interesting to see, you know, Mac played pretty well, probably his best game of the year, uh, best game of his career, maybe even against the Bills in that game. How will Zappi fare? Um, you know, will Buffalo's defense be able to take it to him or not? Uh, but like I said, Bills are playing too good right now for the Patriots to stand a chance. Now that you're back, the, the point I wanted to make is I thought you did this score prediction, the one point off of each for mine because like, i think it was last week or two weeks ago i i admitted to you that i changed mine because you had the same exact score prediction that i wanted to do uh so i kind of thought you did the same thing here like oh crap he took the 24 18 score that i wanted um but no like you said it's gonna be a close game um like i said right before you came back i'm interested to see how zappy fares in this one just because obviously it was mac in the first game and he played so well probably his best game of his career i don't think you can argue that um so it'd be interesting to see what zappy does as you said the bills are beatable you know, they turn the ball over quite a bit, but they're going to want, my whole takeaway is they're going to want revenge for that first Patriots game. I think they're going to get it um, and win a, a pretty close one that maybe we didn't think would be as close uh, as, you know, a couple couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago with how these two teams were going. Yeah, and I kind of thought about the fact, too, like maybe the Bills just come out and beat the shit out of the Patriots because of, you know, revenge. earlier in the year, yep. But I, I can't do it. Um, there's not enough, like, overwhelming power in this team. I feel like Stefan Diggs has been kind of He's kind of been an afterthought watching some of these games. Of Gabe late. Davis, like, they don't if you use look at him. it too, they just have games where they don't use Gabe Davis either. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some unpredictability. The running game, you know, they're not like punching it uh, with J- James Cook all the time. He puts up yards though and he can, you know, catch the ball. But mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Like this game just screams on the lower scoring side, maybe less than what we had. Um, and the the Bills winning it close, maybe a last second field, last second field goal. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Um, but that's it. So those are our score predictions. Excuse me. Uh, let's get back into Week Sixteen recap. Saints and Rams on Thursday night. Pretty decent game, I guess. Another big one for Puka Nakua as he chases that rookie receiving record. Um, Kyron Williams is fully elite at this point, I think. Uh, Matthew Stafford at 35 can still sling it. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, I'm glad they found a role for him because I felt like, you know, he's kind of cast aside by the Chiefs and the Ravens. Pretty good player, though. Um, And I'm glad for, you know, the Rams' sake and just for the sake of the player. uh, Just for a guy getting his due that they figured it out. So, um, Derek Carr didn't play that bad on the other side. Chris Olave had a great game. Uh, so did Rashid Shahid. Uh, but the big thing for the uh, for the Rams and winning this one, as you have noted here, is that Alvin Kamara was held in check. Yeah, very uncharacteristic game of him. I think if people remember back just from a fantasy standpoint, this was the time of year last year where I'm pretty sure he had his sixth touchdown game. So a complete opposite showing here this week, this time around. Uh, nine rushes, 19 yards, five catches for 16 yards. Um, you know, not a great game for him. The Rams... Sneaky, sneaky good team. They are they're turning out to be. If their offense continues to play as well as it has, um, that's going to be a tough team. I don't know where they are playoff wise. You got to think they're right there. Um, I feel like they're they're approaching. If they aren't haven't been already one of those teams, you might not want to see in the playoffs because of how well things are clicking on offense. As you said, Nakua continues to play well even with Cup back. Um, I think Cup had about you know maybe sixty yards receiving in this game, so he's starting to put up some decent numbers again. Um, and like you said, Kyron Williams has since he's come back, he's been dynamite for them. Um, not really getting involved in the passing game as much, but that hasn't hurt him. You know, they've turned him into more of a traditional running back, and he's putting up over 100 yards, it seems like, every other week now. So he's been good. Stafford is looking healthy and looking good as well. So the Rams are uh, going to be a tough team if they can find a way to get into the playoffs again. I, apologies because I don't yeah. know where they are in the standings right now if they are in a playoff spot. Um, but if they can get in, if they haven't already. Yeah, I think they're scheduled to play the, the Lions right now. A little return for Matthew Stafford. Yeah, um, In that event... I think they win in the first round. Okay. I like the Rams lately. I do. Um, I had my doubts going into the year too about like projecting them to win like four or five games, mm-hmm. but I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do uh, with the uncertainty, but not entirely surprised that they're overachieving some projections across, you know, the sports world and good for them. Um, Steelers 34, Bengals 11, a huge loss for the Bengals, especially for their, you know, playoff hopes trying to squeak in here. Mason Rudolph looked pretty good, didn't throw the ball a ton, but I was efficient when he did. George Pickens had the game of his life, almost 200 yards, two touchdowns through the air. T.J. Watt was T.J. Watt. And um, Jake Browning, bad. Like, not bad, bad, but like three picks bad, I guess. Yeah, Overall, three picks bad, 335 horrible. yards. Yeah, it's a weird stat line. But three picks, you know, sours things for sure. Nice quarterback and, rating. Yeah, true, true, true. Yep. But. Yeah, I mean. With a normal team, like a normal contender, this would change things about the Steelers. But they're the Steelers. Like, mm-hmm. they're somehow doing it. I need to see more from Mason Rudolph to, you know, put the stamp of approval on, you know, them maybe. Uh, surprising a team in the first round because it looks mm. like they're going to make the playoffs at this rate. So Ugh, I hate that. 
which is so stupid and makes no sense. That's no team has made less sense than the Steelers this year. Literally, yep. Oh, this this to me just I've said it before with numerous backup quarterbacks. This is the pro and again, I'm not gonna knock Mason Rudolph because it's a guy again that's kind of fallen out of favor in the depth chart, but he gets in there, um, plays pretty well. We said the same thing about Drew Locke either last week or a couple weeks ago when his big game was. Um, but this to me just screams like the oh, it's a different change of pace, different face out there. We get a little bit of a spark here. Uh, Mason Rudolph plays well, we're feeling ourselves, and now the Steelers come <laughs> out and and probably like turn back right into the Steelers this upcoming week because I don't think this is going to last for them. Like the Bengals slipped up here. And like you said, it's a big loss for them because uh, it complicates some things, but I'm not sold in the Steelers because, you know, they, they've been inconsistent all season. So um, I, I'm with you. I'm going to have to see a little bit more from them. If I'm going to, I'm not going to buy into the Steelers. Like I'm not saying like, Oh, they're going to yeah. go on a win winning streak here and, you know, surprising people, but just yeah. uh, one of those weird weeks where like you get a flash in the pan type of thing. Exactly. Um, I actually just realized, I wish I realized this before, that I actually left my charger in my room, too. So I'm going to let you get started oh on Bills and Chargers. God, you are struggling well, tonight. Well, Bills and Chargers, as I grabbed my charger, didn't even realize that. No, I meant to grab it before the show, um, and I rushed to get my setup ready in time. And for the, I tried to grab my charger. For the Chargers joke while I'm talking about the Chargers, you need to you can just go and not come back for that. That's uh I'll Fuck do the rest you. of the show. I'll do the rest of the show Fuck myself. You. Have a good night. Uh all right, yeah. Bill's Chargers I talked about before. The only reason the Chargers were in this game is because of a couple of horrendous turnovers uh by the Buffalo Bills and Cameron Dicker pretty much being the entire offense for the Chargers. Uh he was excellent in this game, five field goals, all of them made uh from 20, 40, 47, 45, and 53. Uh Buffalo's defense to no surprise. Gets after Easton Stick with five sacks, two from Ed Oliver, um, seven tackles for losses, six quarterback hits, three pass deflections. Ed Oliver, as I said, was arguably the Bills' best player of the night. Four tackles, two sacks, two tackles for losses, and two quarterback hits. As Mike said earlier, Gabe Davis had one of his uh, better games of the season as the guy that's kind of been the forgotten link on that team. Uh, Four catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Um, As you said, too, Leonard Fournette saw some play in this game, had a couple of rushes for 20 yards. So if they get him a little bit more involved, that offense will obviously – uh, continue to get better as the season goes on. And Josh Allen was pretty good. 15 for 21, 237 yards, a touchdown in the air, two touchdowns on the ground. He's starting to play a little better when it comes to using his legs than you know, his arm, which is interesting to see. Uh, but your thoughts to catch any of this game, the late night game on uh, Saturday? Uh, a little bit, not a whole lot. So I don't have a ton to add, but um, it's a game that shouldn't have been this close to the bills. That's as far That's as I said, can only reason yeah. is they like love turning the ball over in really, really dumb mm. ways. James Cook's a, he's been good, but he's a fumble machine. Like he's a fumble waiting to happen, which is kind of scary for them. That's why maybe you're going to start to see a little bit more of Leonard Fournette as the season goes on and they get into the playoffs and, you know, maybe turn on, turn up uh, Lombardi Lenny's usage. Um, Josh Allen had another bad pick like he usually does. So that's kind of the, the MO on him. And then they, yeah, they muffed the punt. So that guy a little bit. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt like earlier in the year that he was going to do that, like, much more consistently kind of got that in check, but you can, you can count on it every once in a while. Pretty much. Um, I think that's about it for that game. Um, mm. Falcons 29 Colts 10. This is a statement from the Falcons. And I'm not saying that because the Colts are this big team, but we've seen the Colts in a game, a matchup like this, you know, we've, uh, I'll put the Browns game in there in particular earlier this year where they won like 30, they lost like 39 to 37. They can keep up in these track meets. Um, I think there's like one or two. I don't have the schedule in front of me that are like similar type games. Mm. Not this time. Uh, the Falcons took control. Uh, Young Way Koo is uh, like 
Best kicker in the league? Unbelievable, maybe. Like, Heineke, like, didn't do a lot, and they still won by 19. And it happened due to their young guys. Kyle Pitts gets in the end zone. Tyler Algier gets in the end zone. Uh, Bijan had a couple nice plays. Uh, crazy what happens when you, you know, figure out your offense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe this is something that the Falcons have always been capable of, just not capable of in execution. Uh, but more so, in concept, they had the ability to do this. Mm-hmm. Something makes, that- you wonder, makes you wonder if they just ride with Heineke, because obviously they've been going back and forth these last like, couple of weeks. Why I feel wouldn't like- you? Yeah, at this point, just ride him the rest of the way. The way he's like, he can... Desmond Ritter's time in Atlanta should just be over. Like that, he's I think you've seen good. what you need to see. And like, there's rumors about Justin Fields because they would be. I've suggested Mac Jones would be really funny if Mac Jones their like backup plan. Um, somehow Wilson, Wilson maybe. I was just gonna say that too. Yeah. Um. Why? Jacoby Brissett, maybe Jacoby Brissett. I mean, we've seen him. We've said it be before. Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett's the best spot starter. In the have a, he should have He's a job by now. the end, at, by the start of next season. Like the guy should be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's good but the Falcons, to be. you know, we've talked about quarterbacks. I think the Falcons should be looking at a quarterback in the first round, in my opinion. But their pass rush is also terrible. So if there's <laughs> not a quarterback, um, I am imploring you, Atlanta Falcons. Um, your pass rush, it, your pass rush is garbage. Um, but a big win, you know, like that's a statement for sure. And Absolutely. for a tight division they're in, that's a big win, um, especially. Packers 33, Panthers 30. The Panthers, I'm telling Panthers you. Panthers are scrappy all of a sudden. They're bad, but they're like kind of not bad sometimes. Um, they have moments. Bryce Young, solid. I look like the number one overall pick. Early on, didn't look great, but, uh, you know, found his stride, I think. Uh, the running game was fantastic for the Packers on the other side. Uh, Romeo Dobbs gets in the end zone. Tucker Kraft had a nice game. Um, Seth Shoba Hubbard and Amir Smith-Marset get in the end zone. Um, DJ Chark finally had a good game. I feel like he hasn't had one all year. Adam Thielen has been a nice pickup for them. And um, Preston Smith was a big story as well. He was. I don't know how I feel about this game because it's a game the Packers. Maybe the Panthers are starting to figure some things out, as you said. So maybe they're getting a little better than I thought they were. Um, keep winning, keep winning, baby. Yeah, I guess so. But like, I thought the Packers were good. The fact that they only again they put up thirty three points, but the fact they only beat the Panthers by three. Like, I don't know what to think about the Packers anymore. Like, they'll have one week, like the Thanksgiving game against the Lions. Or the game against the Chiefs where they look phenomenal. Like, okay, this team's maybe going to start to win a couple games here and there, take off a little bit. Then they have a game like this where obviously they win it, but you should not have been able to, you know, this game should not have been close. Again, Bryce Young finally looked, you know, like a a top pick here. Um, But these are games, the Packers, if you're a good team, you should be able to put a team like the Panthers Mm -hmm. away. It's been an up and down season for the Packers. I think I said it a couple weeks ago when we talked about them. I feel like this is kind of going to be their um, identity going forward. Like they're a young team. You know, young receiving core, young quarterback. So they're a work in progress. It's it's clear as day. But right now, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how to feel about the uh, the Packers. Yeah, and my preseason prediction of the Packers win six or less games is officially dead. Um, mm-hmm. It almost held on for another week, but good for them, I suppose. Uh, Browns thirty six, Texans twenty two. Um, given the lack of a starting quarterback, I'll give the Texans some slack. They're getting him back from all. Um, accounts so far uh but 
Browns played really good, and Amari Cooper had one of the best games from a receiver we've seen in a very long time. Seemingly out of nowhere, but, like, I guess he's good enough, but not, like, you you expect this guy from, like, uh, expect this game from, like, Chase or Jefferson or, you know, whoever else. Um, mm-hmm. David Njoku did not hit over 48 and a half yards, kind of cringe. <laughs> like, 44, like, halfway through third quarter and just didn't do anything else. Joe Flacco, I don't, I still don't understand how he's doing this. I don't uh, get it. With time off, maybe it's a system, maybe it's just vibes. The Browns are, I think, overachieving still this year. Uh, but at this point, I don't really know if you can say overachieving because this is just who they are, I think, and mm-hmm. this is another team that I think teams should be scared of in the first round. Um, yeah, I definitely don't want to play him going to the playoffs. Yeah, like, like if we've if seen what Joe Flacco can do in the playoffs too. Like, if they were going to be this good, it was going to be because because their defense, especially with the Deshaun Watson injury, like then you have Joe Flacco come in and you're like, okay, like this team can do something in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bizarre team, but a fun story and a fun team to watch. Honestly, I didn't really anticipate that being a thing. I can't remember if we talked about it. I wanted to touch on it quick because my uncle brought it up at uh, Christmas Eve, and I can't remember if we talked about it or not. All this going on, you mentioned the Watson injury, how good Flacco has looked. The defense has played great, um, you know, and had to battle through some injuries there. Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year at this point. I feel like I think he, there's a case, yeah. Yeah, I mean, with everything that's gone with the gone wrong with the Browns injury wise to what's happened now, and they're still, like you said, beating teams and maybe overachieving here and there. Like I maybe it's I don't I can't really think of anybody right now that's again off the top of my head like the Texans obviously have been put in a crappy spot they're losing games like D'Amico Ryan I'm still high on um like right now I feel like Stefanski is as good as a odd as anybody to take the thing home because he's that Brown team's been pretty solid all season no matter what's happened no yeah like it's really pretty awesome to follow and uh you know you gotta give Stefanski some credit he's not the betting favorite last I checked but Okay. Uh, he should absolutely be in the mix. He should be in the top three at this rate. This team shouldn't be that good. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. uh, but they are. Oh, you and I both didn't think they were going to be. Not that we all are no, no, some no, no. all-knowing football gods here or anything when it comes to preseason predictions, as we know. Um, but I can't imagine there were a lot of teams that expected the Browns to be, you know, a double-digit win team fighting for the division down the stretch and, you know, making a run at the playoffs here. No, no, no. Uh, Lions and Vikings... The Vikings, or the Lions, got ahead of myself, have won a division title. Um, Mikey Prayers in the YouTube chat says, Brees Hall under 10 fantasy points tonight. I don't know if that's uh, something you're setting in stone. or something. championship in our fantasy league. I need something to go you're off hoping again. for, Mikey Prayers, but you might have to take that one up with Ryan. Um, big storyline here, TJ Hawkinson out for the year, um, torn ACL and MCL. That's a massive loss. Uh, tough luck with the Jefferson injury. Uh, Jordan Addison got banged up in this game, and now uh, Hawkinson. So Jefferson is going to be relied on heavily going into however long, uh, you know, this might ail uh, Addison, for lack of a better term. Ail, I don't think, was the best adjective there. Um, I actually haven't even followed his practice status. So, uh, But the Lions win. It's a big one. You know, things have, haven't been super – um, what's the word I'm looking for? Comfortable, I guess, for the Lions over the past like two months now. Yeah, it's <laughs> but, true. It's been um, a little rocky. I think a big thing for me that kind of flies under the radar, maybe to some, is how good Brian Branch is when they need him. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he is so good. Um, are you sad the NFL season is coming to an end, brother? Let me tell you, I am. Is that even um, a question? Like, yeah, who's happy? I mean, like, I mean, I'm a, yeah, I'm a baseball sucks. fan by heart, but like when football ends, I'm yeah. not being like, yeah, football's over. like that's right. Yeah, it's tough. It's just it's a tough reality. Um, you just got to savor it at this point. Um, Detroit's defense absolutely cooked Nick Mullins, and I needed more from Nick Mullins in Dynasty. Didn't expect to win, but had to pick him up because of all my quarterbacks getting injured. Um, Nick Mullins turned the ball, ball over a ton, I think six times, uh, four picks, two fumbles. Um, the Lions did just enough in the end, though. Like, this game should have been a bigger win for the Lions, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised it was as close as it was. But like you said, Jefferson Osborne kind of kept things close. Um, you mentioned it. The injuries are, are tough for the Vikings, obviously, on the bubble right now, trying to get in there, the current eight seed. So we can't imagine these. Obviously, they're, they've been able to overcome the Kirk Cousins injury so far and obviously missing Jefferson for most of the year. You lose your one of the better tight ends in the league. DJ Warren has been very good for them this year. Like, at this point, I feel like it's just all these injuries are starting to pile up at the worst possible time. And, you know, how much luck do, do the Vikings have left? Um, but like you said, the big thing, obviously, congratulations to the Lions after, you know, the years we've talked about it. I feel like every time we brought up the Lions, it's not to harp on, you know, the struggles they've had. Um, but obviously to go through what that franchise has gone through to finally get a division title after 30 years um, is crazy. And, you know, I just said Stefanski's, you know, a good case for coach of the year. Got to think Dan Campbell's right up there as well. Like he's uh, obviously turned that franchise around quite a bit. And, you know, it's been fun to watch the Lions as we talked about last week. Fun to watch them throughout the season. Yeah, I hope they figure it all out in the playoffs because they'd be really fun to watch. Make you'd love, run. yeah, you'd love to see them go on a run. Absolutely, right? Uh, Jets thirty, Commanders twenty-eight. This game had no business having this many points, especially with how bad Saint Howell played. Um, excuse me, Brees Hall played his balls off. Uh, one hundred ninety-one total yards and two touchdowns. Twenty rushes, twelve receptions on sixteen targets. A completely ridiculous Christian McCaffrey esque. Uh, Stat line from Brees Hall. Sam Howell's been pretty brutal the last like month. Six for 22, 56 yards and two picks sacked once. Can't believe he wasn't sacked more given how much he's been sacked all year. Jacoby Brissett comes in again, plays well at 10 for 13, 100 yards, a touchdown, and uh, 10 rushing yards. Chris Rodriguez breakout game. Maybe this Perhaps. is a guy that's, you know, a decent, you know, backfield piece of the future. I feel like. Anthony Gibbs, uh, Anthony Antonio Gibson has fallen out of favor. Like you'd expect a guy like him to maybe pop off a little bit when Brian Robinson's been banged up. Then you have a guy like Chris Rodriguez uh, find Pater twice and get seven yards through the air. Uh, but Greg the Leg was the big story here to pull it off, or help pull it off rather for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not that the Commanders are playing for anything at this point, but I'm just I'm glad they're going with again Brissett at the end of the year, because it's two weeks in a row now where the guy has almost led you to a comeback win. Obviously, two weeks ago against the Rams, I think it was this week against the Jets. Obviously, they fall short. Um, But a guy, as we talked about, proven again and again that can be a a very good spark plug for a team. And again, I think should probably have a starting job somewhere in the NFL. If not, you know, a de facto starting job, be in the consideration, be in the running somewhere, because the guy's got talent still. Um, it should very well, you know, be in the running for whatever team he ends up joining. Um, and like you said too, Brees Hall was phenomenal in this game, and you got to think the Jets are probably going to try to lean on him a little bit more tonight against the uh, the Browns in the uh, first game of uh, Week 17. 
Yeah, I do not know why they wouldn't. Give Jacoby Brissett a starting job. There are worse quarterbacks starting currently in the league. Definitely are. Yeah. Um, Seahawks 20, Titans 17. One of them was this in this game. game. Yes. Um, this is a game the Seahawks should have won by more points, I feel. Um, I won't say the Titans have given up, but um, with injury troubles to Will Levis and Ryan Tannehill back in, um, Derrick Henry being a wild card, whether he goes off or not every week. Uh, Ty J Spears had a good week, I believe. I don't have the stats right in front of me, but um, I think I saw something. He is like a thousand yards in his last, however, so many games. Like he's kind of been going off from scrimmage. Um, he had nine for 40 and five receptions for whatever, because uh, it's cut off on the Google preview here. But the Titans are weird. Like they're just not going to make the playoffs. So you might as well just lose out if you're them. Um, I think they're probably heading towards a coaching change, but we mm-hmm. heard a report a couple uh, months ago that they probably are leaning in that direction. Vrabel kind of seems to be pissed. Um, doesn't really surprise me. Geno Smith. Say, how could you not be? Yeah, Geno Smith comes back, plays good, gets sacked three times though. Um, DK and Colby Parkinson, as everybody expected, went off. Uh, <laughs> Colby Parkinson for his standards went off because he got in the end zone. Um, and the defense, you know, when you get to this point in the season where you're kind of fringe and Boye Mafe, who you spent a big draft pick on, shows up. That's a big thing. Absolutely. I have a question. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong or if I missed something, but Malik Willis is still on in the NFL, correct? He didn't, yep. like, fall off, get hurt. Mm-hmm. He didn't kill somebody or do something bad to force him out of favor. I don't no, know why no. the Titans hate this guy so much. Yeah. Like, you have to just hate the player something fierce if you think that Ryan Tannehill is the yeah, option like, who's going to start winning you games. Like, at this point, I would play the kid just to see if you can get something Tannehill for him in a trade. Like At this point, like... I don't I get why they don't ever... I kind of wonder, looking back, like, Malik Willis was projected as a potential top 10 pick for a while leading up to the draft. Then draft night, he ends up falling eventually to the third round. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the Titans just took him because he was too potentially awesome to pass up on at that point. Well, they're never going to go could have gone top 10. They're just, yeah, they're just never going to fucking play him. Yeah. Um, it's very bizarre, very bizarre team. I think that team needs an overhaul um, Absolutely. at multiple levels. Because they suck. Their uniforms need an overhaul. Again, Um, yeah. Ryan, the Jacksonville Jaguars have lost four straight games. Stamped frauds. They lose to the box 30-12. to Baker Mayfield, once thought of to be a fraud going into this year by some, is earning himself a nice next contract. However long that lasts, I don't know. Wherever he goes, maybe he sticks around here. I don't know why they wouldn't stick around. Yeah, it'd be dumb if they let Um, him go at this point. Rashad White is nasty. Didn't go off this game, but I think we've seen, you know, for a big stretch now that he is very capable. Um, Mike Evans is Mike Evans. Chris Godwin has had some nice weeks the last few weeks, which has been which has been big for them. This is another team. I know I'm throwing it around a lot. Don't know if I'd want to play the Bucks in the first round, especially if we might get an Eagles Bucks first round at some point, Ooh. or Bucks Cowboys, depending on how the Ooh. NFC East shakes out. If I were either of those teams, I don't know if I want to play the Bucs. Bad I think the Cowboys, yeah, I think the Cowboys can teams. handle them. But we've seen the Cowboys, you know, at times, you know, they're not uh, ironclad. So I'm not going to rule that out with the Eagles. It would be so right Cowboys now, to lose on the right road now, to the Bucs, too. 
Right now, I'm saying the Bucks will beat the Eagles in the playoffs. I don't dispute that at all. The Bucks are surging right now. The Eagles are faltering if they haven't already. Like there are, I think, big problems in Philadelphia. But the Bucks are good. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Baker has completely flipped me. I thought he sucked. I thought he had no. Especially after he flamed out in Carolina, I thought that was it. This guy, you know, is just a uh, take a flyer on him. You know, at this point, yeah. who's the backup for Tampa Bay? Is it Trask still? You know, yeah, ride with Baker for a gotten, couple games. Go you've to got more than a return on investment, especially for a team. Absolutely. You know, even if he's playing like this, I think there's a conceivable reality where they have one or two less wins and they're fighting. Mm-hmm. He has won games for them this year. Um, and like I said, going to the season, one of my big things, like this is Baker's last chance, I think. Absolutely. Yep. I think and, we said that last week too. Um, he's here. You know, however long, however much longer it lasts is, lasts is – um, to be determined, but uh, good for him. He's a, he's a guy to root for, Absolutely, um, yep. in my opinion. Um, Bears 27, Cardinals 16. This is a winnable game for the Cardinals and a game I wish they won, but they didn't. Um, Justin Fields, like, this is a game if you want to stay in Chicago that you need to play better. Mm-hmm. Maybe is the kiss of death. We'll see, though. Uh, Khalil Herbert came back to life ever since he came back from injury a while back. He's been very quiet. But he stepped up. Uh, big reason they won. Cole Komet. I'm not ready to call Cole Komet this like stud, but he has flashes. You know, he has you know moments in games where I think he's a very serviceable, serviceable tight end. Um, Kyler Murray played good too. It just wasn't enough. They just don't have enough firepower on the Cardinals, and the Bears have a very small chance of making the playoffs still now. It's still crazy to think of. You can make the playoffs and get the number one overall pick. I know, right? That would be wild. You know? But yeah, I mean, I didn't really catch a whole lot of this game, to be honest, because why would you tune into Cardinals and Bears? But it was a weird game for Fields. Like, he gets the win, like you said. Looked pretty good on the ground, as he usually does. The 97 rushing yards and a touchdown. Um, but the 15 for 27, 170 yards, that's not going to really inspire any confidence, I feel like, in a lot of people. Still not a great game through the air. Just a 71.5 quarterback rating, so... You know, I put in the outline, he silenced, silenced the doubters for at least a week because they got the win. Mm-hmm. But did he really? Because that stat line isn't the greatest. And I'm sure there's still people that are like, he's not a, you know, NFL quarterback. The guy can run. You know, he's, it's the same joke. I feel like a lot of people make about Lamar Jackson. Like, guy. oh, he's, he's a glorified running back. But yeah, he's a little scrappy he's, little guy. Absolutely. But he's still got two weeks to maybe prove some more people wrong or there's going to be yeah. some, some big questions in Chicago still. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I'm very mixed on Justin Fields right now. I need to see these next couple weeks out. Uh, maybe more if they make the playoffs somehow. Uh, Dolphins 22, Cowboys 20. This was one of the more interesting games of the week. Neither quarterback played amazing, but both played serviceable, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, offensive lines weren't much of a help, mainly the Cowboys. Dak got sacked four times, two at once. Um I say that in the tour, uh, res- uh, in respect to Tua because I don't think the offensive line is very good in general in Miami. Um, T.D. Lamb, we've talked about it before. Ever since he said he's the best receiver in the league, he makes the case he has been. Up, he's yep. at least been top three. Um, Tyreek and Mostert, or Tyreek and Mostert, uh, defense is good, and Brandon Aubrey is a nasty kicker. He is, but Jason Sanders was better in this game. 
Mm-hmm. He hit he sure five was. field goals. Aubrey had two. But yeah, I mean, this is, we said it going into this game, this was the fraud bowl and the Dolphins come out on top, I think is how you want to talk about it. Cause the Cowboy, I mean, maybe not cause the Cowboys showed they were more fraud. They can't win on the road. Um, they probably don't have a chance to get into the division now unless some crazy things happen. So the Cowboys, as you said, are probably going to have to go on the road in the playoffs. And we know how that feature that, you know, that factors out for them, but I guess they still have time to try to right the ship a little bit here, but the Cowboys as you have rightfully predicted. Oh, it is this time of year where the Cowboys start to spiral out of control. And I don't know if they're spiraling yet, but things are definitely not looking good for Dallas. Oh, um, no, Dolphins, no, no. Dolphins get a big win. If this was a prove it game for the Dolphins. We talked about them, you know, not being able to beat a, an over 500 team or, you know, not being able to keep these games close. They did. They played well enough to get the win. Um, you know, like you said, Tua didn't light the world on fire, but didn't have to. And the defense is holding Dak to, uh, you know, getting four sacks on him and, you know, holding him in check for the most part. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Raiders 20, Chiefs 14, Zamir White. Might Props be making you. the Raiders feel like maybe they can move on from Josh Jacobs and get that cheaper back. Ooh, maybe. Running backs are I easy to so. find. I was going to say props to you for picking this game correctly because I was not high on this pick last week when we did the pickums, and you were 100% right. So very good for you. Good job. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. I like Zamir White. He's played pretty good the last couple of weeks, played awesome this week, 22 carries, 145 yards. Uh, the Raiders defense, don't say this a lot, showed up. Uh, old friend Jack Jones had a pick six. They had four Again. sacks, a scoop and score from Bilal Nichols, 10 quarterback kicks, uh, kicks. Hits seven tackles for loss, five pass deflections, a forced fumble, and a recovery. Patrick Mahomes, uh... thoughts on the Chiefs? You were not high on them going into this game. You clearly were not because you picked against them. You were right. Thoughts on the Chiefs coming out of this game? Bad, bad, okay. not good team. Bad football team. Uh, defense is still capable at times, uh, but the offense is on not good. Isaiah Pacheco has been banged up a little bit recently. I'll give him that, but. I'm ready to say now fully, uh, Travis Kelsey is not as good ever since he started dating Taylor Swift. Uh, maybe maybe he needs that testosterone back, but I don't know. He has been banged up this year. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt yeah, there. I'm not going to defend I won't, Taylor I won't, Swift I and everything, but all right. He's, he's some's goat, Ryan. Not my goat. Nope, not even close not after this no. bullshit. Um, Rob Gronkowski dated a fucking swimsuit model his whole career yeah, for the like second half of it, pretty much. And he's a Hall of Famer. That's a Hall of Fame career Charles right Kelsey. there. Put him in the Hall saying, just for that reason. Um, there alone. Yeah, as you have aptly noted here, uh, Richard James was second on the oh. team of receiving yards. Oops. Yeah. Um, Aiden O'Connell did not, did not a complete a pass. What was it, like two with 204? He said two and a half quarter? or something left in the first quarter. Something ridiculous. From there on, he did not complete the pass, and they won against the Chiefs. Finished the, the game Chiefs nine for twenty-one. In the first round. Thought that was I'm a typo when praying. I saw that. I'm praying on their downfall, and I'm expecting it. Chiefs. Um, it's great. It's great. It's fantastic. It's I've so awesome. Sung um, and danced this too many times. I'm not dancing no, no, when anybody no, no, screams no, 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 until no, no, I see no, it. No, no, see it for Brian, uh, It's fucking over. Not doing it's it. over. It's fucking over. They're losing in the first round. It's going to be doing it. awesome. Counting them out in too many Super Bowls. I've, I've never been more confident about a football take all year than the all Chiefs right. losing in the first I round. I hope you're right. I, I want to be there with you for their downfall. I want to celebrate it. I want to dance on graves, but it is the Chiefs. It's Patrick Mahomes. No, I know no, no, they no, look no, as no. bad as they have ever looked no. in his tenure there. 
Um, I'm glad they're going to have to go on the road to maybe shut some people up about, oh, Patrick Mahomes' legacy is so great. Go win a playoff game on the road, then talk to me. Um, yep. Don't have a cakewalk through factor, Arrowhead. Ryan. That's but uh, I'm not going to do it. I, I can't bring myself to do I it. Will. I've counted out the I'll guys the like to LeBron too many times, and it's come back to bite me. I'm not going to count out Patrick Mahomes <laughs> until he is sitting on his couch watching a playoff game, not participating in one. Can't do it. Be the one to do it. That's all All that matters. Eagles 33, Giants 25. The Eagles cannot feel any better about themselves after this game. The fact that it was this close with Terod Taylor is stupid. Uh, Jalen Hurts not ready to say it's over for him. As I feel like some Eagles fans are kind of getting the vibe of, maybe he isn't the guy. I still think Jalen Hurts is pretty good. Mm -hmm. I still think Jalen Hurts a lot of quarterbacks in this league. Oh, God, yeah. Um, DeAndre Swift, I think it's been kind of under the radar how awesome he's been for them this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't really give up much to get him. Uh, Devontae Smith gets in, the end zone, gets in the end zone. A.J. Brown had a good game. Dallas Goddard had a good game, and thank God they did because the Giants had a chance to win this game, um, I guess. You know, Ty- Tyron Taylor didn't play great. Tommy DeVito didn't play great. He gets benched. Um, Saquon was huge for the um for the Giants today, Darius Slayton showed up, which he does every now and again, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and Adore Jackson had a pick six. That didn't even matter in the end. It did not matter. It did not. Well, um, the one thing that kind of stood the, out real quick for me, because you mentioned DeAndre Swift and how good he's been this season, I feel like that was kind of one of the big things from this game, is I f- feel like the, the struggles the Eagles have had is of late is he had not been playing well. They really hadn't used him a whole lot or hadn't had the opportunity because they were losing. Um, but 20, like you said, 20 rushes, 92 yards and a touchdown. They finally get him back in this game playing yep. as he was at the start of the year. So that's big. And maybe that's something that kind of turns this offense around. Um, but like you said, they still struggle in this game. The fact that the giants made it close is, is something to keep an eye on Like the Eagles are not this powerhouse dominant team that they were a year ago. No, and like no, you no. said, in the Buccaneers discussion, like Eagles, they, they look vulnerable. They look beatable. So it, there's they no sure beatable. thing with them moving forward, unless they can, these last two then, weeks, I don't know, can't remember who they have this week, but it's the Giants, obviously, to end the season. Yeah. Um, if they can figure some things out, maybe I'll feel a little differently. But I'm not ready to write off Jalen Hurts like you said, like some people are. That's stupid. Yeah. If you ask me, like the guy was in the Super Bowl a year ago and looked pretty good and almost won it. It's been, you know, unless... it's been a bizarre year for some teams that, you know, should have been way better like the Eagles and the Chiefs, I feel Yeah, like. absolutely. Yep. Um, Mikey Prayers, right ahead of Thursday Night Football, is asking for a first touchdown score. And I will tell you, I bet on Jerome Ford to score first tonight. So that is my pick. I bet on David Njoku for an anytime touchdown. So I'll go with David Njoku. Okay. All right. He was We're part of my Browns. He was so. part of my parlay that had Amari Cooper in it. And I'm glad that Amari Cooper was ruled out like 15 seconds after I hit send on that mm-hmm. parlay. So that was cool. Yes. Uh, my big one I put in will be voided. So at least I'll get my money back because Mario Cooper will not play. Um, But yeah, Jerome Ford and David Njoku, do with that what you will, Mikey Prayers. Appreciate you watching along. Uh, Ravens 33, 49ers 19 in Monday Night Football. uh, Christmas Day, Christmas night. Uh, Lamar Jackson, MVP favorite heavily now. Uh, Brock Purdy, face some adversity uh, and didn't look amazing as he has at times i won't say amazing but brock purdy has like a stat line where he'll go like 19 of 27 and randomly have like three touchdowns like Mm -hmm. every week um so didn't happen didn't throw a single touchdown pass got sacked four times 
Uh, Trent Williams got banged up in this game, which is um, not great. So, um, he threw four picks. I might. I was just going to say, I'm not sure if he was sacked four times. I had put a typo on there. He was intercepted four times. We know that. Um, I don't know what the number of his sacks you were. Pranked me. I did. I apologize. I don't know how I missed the most, not maybe the most important, but the biggest storyline from this game. I was going to say, I was like, why do I feel like something's missing here? Because, yeah. like, you know, at that point, I'm kind of like, you know, you have some drinks in you through the day. You're kind of tired, mm-hmm. you know. I'm kind of watching this, you know, off my phone on the side, kind of like paying attention mm-hmm. uh, for betting purposes and trying to stay awake. But yeah. um, Zay Flowers, awesome, did the Grinch celebration. Um, the Ravens are real. This is yeah, definitely a statement real. game for them, for this sure. This is still the Super Bowl preview to me. Yeah, I don't – for the people that – I'm not that there's people writing off the 49ers, but for the people that are writing off Brock Purdy and, like, oh, maybe the 49ers aren't this juggernaut that we thought they were, like, I'm not going to say that. But they're still the best team coming out of the NFC. There's no one, in my opinion, that's even close. Uh, the Cowboys that we just talked about or the Eagles have way bigger problems than the 49ers do. This is the first bump on the road they've had in a long time. And like you said, they face adversity. They weren't, you know, ready for it, obviously. Um, I think it says more about how good the Ravens are. And again, if I was voting, I would still give the MVP to a position player this year, as we talked about, um, in Christian McCaffrey or, or Tyree Kill. But you said it, Lamar Jackson definitely proved some things, obviously overcame that first funny safety that he had um, and played pretty damn well after that, doing a whole lot of, you know, kind of passing, rushing. So he was good. The Ravens offense looks as good as it has in, in quite some time. So I'm not ready to write off the 49ers. A little bump in the road for them. I'm sure they'll come back. And I think they have, what, Washington this week? They'll probably blow them out by at least three scores. So, so everyone can, can pump the brakes on the 49ers. It's, it it's not the end of the world. It was Washington. I'm with you. Um, definitely not the end of the world, but the Ravens put out a statement. Uh, they're easily the best team in the AFC, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, I still think the Dolphins have a little bit of a finesse pitch team vibe to them. Um, <laughs> tonight... Jets at Browns. You got to pick the Browns. Like, you're trying too hard if you're picking the Jets on the road here. Yeah, I'm not going to say. Jets are still starting Trevor Simeon, right? Um, I believe. I, I thought, I, I, thought I saw I Zach know. Wilson was out, so I'm not going to. I wasn't going to take the Jets with Zach Wilson. I'm definitely not going to do it with Trevor Simeon. So, Browns, Joe Flacco, David Njoku all the way. Get yourself a, uh, a Jerome Ford touchdown as well. Yes, that would be very excellent. Um, Real quick, though, I wanted because we – do the recap really quick. Very good week for you last week. 11 for 5 in predictions. I was 9 oh, yeah. for 7, one of my worst weeks of the season. Uh, but both of us still well over. But I am. And I was just going to say, both of us are still well over 500, but just wanted to put that out there, give you your uh, your your due, because it was one of your better weeks of the season. Uh, getting, getting the majority of the picks correct. Thanks. And yeah. I'm glad we have a Saturday game, because I love Saturday NFL. Uh, Lions and Cowboys. I don't care what the number is of betting the over on this game. I think this game might have 65-plus points. Um, I'm so, points. so excited for this game. Could be very wrong. Um, I'm putting that out there. But I'm really hoping and expecting for a lot of points in this game. And I'm going with the Cowboys. Home field advantage for the Cowboys doesn't mean a ton to me. David oh, and Joe I thought you were going to go that way. Um, I thought you were going to say it But did. I don't know. It's, this it does for me. The teams are both really good, can both kind of lay an egg, and my gut tells me the Cowboys. That's really if this was, as it gets. If this was in Detroit, I would have taken the Lions without batting an eye, but the 
like I said, on the opposite of you, I think home court, home court, yeah, home field advantage uh, is going to reign true here. Cowboys back home, the only place they can seem to win and play really, really well. Um, Lions, maybe, I don't want to say throw a stinker because I think this game is going to be good as well, but Lions coming off the high of, again, the first division title in 30 years. Uh, maybe they're a little lackluster out of the gate in this one. Cowboys take advantage and uh, and get a, a game that I think will be a close one, maybe down to the wire. Oh, my God, are you serious? Jerome Ford. Are you serious? Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford. Mikey Prayers. I hope. Let's go. Mikey Prayers is in the chat. Jerome Ford. <laughs> yes. This is a TikTok clip. Let's go. Quick cash a room. Yes. Jerome Ford. It feels good. I never hit first touchdown scores. Let's go. There you go. That Jerome works. Jerome Ford. That's cash. Mikey Mikey Prayers. Let's go. Oh, what are you doing? my God. He was God. like, fuck, I bet David Njoku. No, he said he said quick cash a so I think he took oh, okay, Jerome Ford. Let's go, Perfect. Mikey Prayers. Mikey Prayers, nice. let's go. Uh Dolphins and Ravens, another awesome game. Um this is where the Dolphins get exposed. Big time. I oh, think they've been exposed. I think the Ravens I think already, the, but... no, but like big time. I think okay. two touchdowns big time. They get exposed. Like blown this week. out. Okay, um, I can see that. Two touchdowns plus. Um I think Mikey Prayers is truck. I wanted to say that earlier. <laughs> and I He just texted didn't... me Mikey Prayers is on fire. What was the first thing he said in the chat? Do you remember? Because it was something that like it dawned, like a little light bulb went off in my head where he I was said, like he's oh he said Brees Hall under 10 fantasy yeah, points because you're because I was gonna it. say I'm like I'm playing truck in the finals in our league. And I'm like, that sounds like something he would say, but I'm not going to be that guy that's like, oh, I'm conspiracy theory over here. But it did dawn on me where I'm like, that's kind of a coincidence, I feel like. Oh, well, my God. That makes that's so hilarious. much sense. I should have went with my gut, damn it. Let's go. That's he also hilarious. said I love the Cowboys truck. Oh, incredible. What a moment. We should clip this like last two minutes and put it yeah, on TikTok, it on. but nobody will understand it because besides yep. us. Oh my god! Um, I love the Ravens. I think the Ravens the living hell out of you. I think the Ravens, especially at home, could beat the shit out of the Dolphins. I think they're a yep. finesse bitch team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how you can pick against the Ravens against anyone right now. That's definitely not against the Dolphins. Like this is no, like, no, no, this no. is a game that the Ravens, if they can blow out the 49ers, they're absolutely going to stomp all over the Dolphins. There's no way this game's close. You hope it is, just for the sake of watching it and, and the entertainment factor. Um, but it's Ravens all the way. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be the Ravens. Um, let's see, Patriots Bills. We know the deal. Bills. We went mm. through that. Uh, Falcons and Bears. I really wanted to pick the Falcons after a big win, to. and I didn't. Because I have belief in Justin Fields and the Bears. And for the Bears, too, at this point where you're at, draft position shouldn't be an issue. Might as well try and make the playoffs. You know, good jumping off point gives you ideally an idea of whether Justin Fields is the guy if you make the playoffs. If you make the playoffs, I don't know how you don't keep him around unless he just absolutely shits his pants in the first Mm -hmm. round. Um you have the Panthers pick. You're this close. A winnable game against the Falcons. The Falcons in big stages often fuck up. You got to try and win this game. You got to try and win this game if you're the Bears. Why not? 
new GM too, relatively new rather, you know, two or three years now. Making the playoffs would be good for job security. So, you know, there's 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 a lot to play for, I think, here. Absolutely. Now, those reasons, I'm going with the Bears as well. Like, their defense is playing pretty well of late. Justin Fields is showing you little glimpses here and there. I think they, again, I, I tend to lean more towards the home field advantage type of stuff. So, I think the Bears coming off a, uh, a nice win are going to continue to roll. All right. Love it. Uh, Titans and Texans. CJ Stroud is expected to play. I was going to put a caveat on this, but thank God uh, the Texans came and figured it out before and i'm going with the texans for that reason the titans don't have a lot to play for they're not a very good team uh the tight uh the texans you know um trying to make the playoffs yeah we said it they don't want a couple games from cj stroud not playing to hurt them for a team that realistically could have won four or five games this year Hmm. might as well try and make the playoffs different situation with the bears like try and get in you know absolutely Give give the fans a glimpse of the future for sure. I don't know who's playing quarterback for the Titans. I don't know if Will Levis is coming back. I made this pick under the assumption that it's Ryan Tannehill. I'm not going to change my pick if it is Will Levis. Uh, I'll stick with Tannehill. I'm not going to ever bet on him to win me a football game. So I'm going to go with the Texans as well. I don't I don't care if Stroud's playing or whoever they – if it's Davis Mills or um, Case Keenum or whoever it was that they had before Mills came in. Um, I'm going with the Texans. The Titans, like yeah, you, said it, you, you said it earlier, the, the Titans have, I feel like, given up on this season – um, again, if you're going back to Ryan Tannehill, that's his wave on the white flag as it gets. So, yeah, I gotcha. Uh, Raiders at Colts. I kind of like what the Raiders have put together lately. And, uh, especially with that Chiefs win, even though I think the Chiefs are kind of ass. Um, <laughs> I am going with the Raiders here. I just, right now, things are a little dicey for the Colts lately. Yep. I think they're kind of lucky to be in this position a little bit. Uh, I'm going with the Raiders. I have to. As am I. Raiders are playing better ball than the Colts are right now. Yeah, I agree. Jaguars, Panthers, Ryan, you are taking a pick out of my playbook. I wanted I to join you. I really did. But but this is dependent on whether Trevor Lawrence plays or not. But I think I'm reserving the right. Lose. He am I misremembering? Did they say he's um he missed practice today? I do not know. I have not seen anything saying otherwise that he is. Um, but while you do that, I would give Trevor my spiel. Trevor Lawrence is expected to be a limited participant today. Okay, uh, that doesn't really help us. Right AC um, joint sprain. Um, expect to be okay. Right, so throwing. I thought I saw a tweet that said he didn't participate. I'm trying to find it. Oh, he's not he president did during the media portion of practice. Oh, okay. There's so something. Did not practice. Okay, there's the one I was looking for. Um, no Trevor Lawrence, Panthers, Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars. Feel dumb about it. Think I should just pick the Panthers, but I am leaving a caveat. Even if Why he not? does play, you said it's a it's a right injury, a right an injury on his right arm. I did not say anything about the uh, specific injury. Oh, I, I think you said it was is. a right joint something. Oh yeah, it was um, like an AC joint or something. I forgot about that. Um, it was like from one of those like. Twitter doctors or like NFL doctors. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So yeah, AC, take that with a grain of salt. Um, yeah, I think the Jaguars, maybe not the craziest thing to say, might be the biggest frauds in the NFL. Like they're not a good football team. Um, Panthers have been playing better. If they can put up 30 points, not that the Packers are good. Don't get me wrong. I know I just have my spiel about them. Um, but if they can put 30 up on the Packers, Jaguars have been playing horrendous football of late. Panthers get a, another 
uh, big win here. And then Bryce Young continues to build towards something. Still not sold on him. Um, but the Jaguars have just played so bad. For, and again, this is a spot, too, where the Jaguars, you should beat this team. And these are usually the spots where the Jaguars don't beat that team that they should. So it's the Panthers all day for me. I am. I'm glad you said it. 100% taking a page out of your playbook. Yeah, you're going to be right, too, and that's okay. But uh, hope so. Brees Hall is in the end zone, Ryan. Nice. Um, Take that truck, you and your fake aliases. and Sorry, Mikey Prayers. Bullshit. Um, yeah. I don't know if he's watching anymore. I think he might be on Fortnite now. <laughs> Once um, he got found out, he was like, I'm out of here. See you later. Yeah. That no, cover's I been think- blown. I think he's waiting for the rest of the the crew to hop on for some Fortnite okay. or something. Uh, Rams and Giants, you're a fool if you take the Giants at this rate. Um, it is Rams all day, even on the road. You're not sold on Tyrod Taylor? I went to. No, 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 I'm not. That dungeon I went to. You no, just, just hate all the New York venues. Dude, <laughs> the New York Arenas, sports yeah. venues are trash. I haven't Yankee been to Stadium Barclays was pretty nice when I went. Like, I've never I, been I to Yankee Stadium. Never been I to the Mets Stadium. Uh, whatever yeah, the fuck it's called, uh, City Field. The Mets Stadium looked, looked nice on the flyover, too, on the plane ride in and out. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll get the Yankees. Madison Square Garden, overrated. MetLife is awful. Uh, Cardinals and Eagles. I want to pick the Cardinals just for goofs, but I can't. I was going to say, no, you don't. Not seriously. For, just like for pure goofs. Uh-huh. Um, but it's well, they, the did be, they did beat the Cowboys earlier in the year. You were right on that. Cowboys, Eagles, same division. Both fighting for a playoff spot, a division title, a lot of similarities. Yeah. But these, this next Stick game, Bucks Eagles. and Saints, this is a game where the Saints puke in their shoes. I don't care if it's close or a big margin. I think they puke in their shoes and don't win this game it's all bucks i might Same. hammer bucks are hot right now too like you don't said don't care what really the money well line is i just hammer bucks money line um took it before the jaguars game too easy too easy easy money don't play with me um 49ers commanders come on it's the 49ers uh steelers and seahawks 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 i do want to pick the steelers i do with how they've been winning games for no reason but i have to pick <laughs> the seahawks out of disrespect uh for the Steelers. I don't know what I want to do with this next game now that it's come out the not that I hate Jared Stidham or anything or think he's a bad quarterback, but I don't know how I feel about Jared Stidham the rest of the I'm, a, I'm a sucker for the whole altitude thing. Okay. All right. Go I think So you Jared do believe Stidham in home is, field advantage for this one, but not Jared Stidham is playing for his career. Like potentially as a okay. you know more um surefire spot starter you know these are big games for him i think russell russell wilson is done mm-hmm. um so i think he shows up and they win close in a just potentially very disgusting game um yeah, Bengals and chiefs for sure gonna be gross you i can't believe you're picking the chiefs I, I i can't believe it i'm not i can't ride with browning after three interceptions this last week Bengals and again i'm, I'm still day. Not Bengals that I'm holding on to a sliver day. of hope for the Chiefs to be good, because I don't want. I'm getting. I want to. I want to be there with you and the party of their downfall. But I, it's I can't Bengals do it. And every time I bet against the Chiefs this year, they've they've come out and won. So, Bengals have more firepower. They might have a lesser quarterback, but they have more firepower. Is and, Chase uh, playing? What do you mean? Isn't Jamar Chase hurt? What? Yeah, I thought this. he was. He's got like a, he's got a separated shoulder. I'm pretty sure. I don't think he's playing. Granted, you are right. They do have more firepower, even with just just being T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, and um, Tyler Boyd compared to Raji Rice, Travis Kelsey, and the amount of like plumbers that the Chiefs oh, have dude, playing wide they're, receiver. Jamar Chase is playing. 
Okay. Jamar Chase had quite the edge after practice day, addressing reporters that the Chiefs don't have anyone that stands out on defense. It's not really like they have a Jalen Ramsey miss multiple their weeks. Squad. I guess not. All right. That's a real quote. I follow Mike Petragula. Um, he's a real reporter. It wasn't just uh, parody. Um, okay. It's Bengals all day. Um, Packers and Vikings. It's Vikings. <sighs> Even with all the injuries. I, do, I just remembered. Ah, oh, man. Their entire no, team's Packers hurt. changing. <laughs> I, um, I also found say, I also found out like um, six guys in Jared Hall is starting, so I'm changing to Packers. Oh God, is he really? Oh, Jared Jesus. Hall is starting. Oh my God, they yeah poor Packers Josh Dobbs. Packers. Well, they, All right. Yeah, I'm with the Packers as well. I not that that mattered. I was taking them regardless, but uh, that game's gonna be ugly. Packers all day. Switching to hockey with the Bruins. Um. The Winnipeg game, 5-1 loss, uh, quite bad, quite bad. Horrible game, uh, one I did not feel great about. Barely hit the over. It was 5.5 for some reason. Thought that was bait. It wasn't. <laughs> Suck in Vegas. Um, Jeremy Swayman makes 28 saves and 33 sh- shots. They get outshot. They've been getting outshot a lot lately, 33-25. to 25. Pretty tough night for the Marshawn Zaka Pasternak line, uh, plus McAvoy and Lindholm were all minus two. Uh, McAvoy gets the tertiary assist on the Josh Morrissey goal that wraps around, uh, turns into an odd man rush. Uh, doesn't get back quick enough. Tough shit for him. Um, I thought the Velarde goal from Swayman's sake was pretty soft, to be honest with you. Um, let's just think it back. I thought it might have had the goalies mixed up, but I don't think so. Um, great pass, though, leads to that goal. Uh, Lindholm, this was pretty brutal on Nino Nita Ryder's first power play goal of the game. Gets baited to overcommit, uh, throws things fully out of loop. The Lowry goal had one of the weirder rebounds I've ever seen. Allmark, it's coming from his left side. It hits off the top of his right pad, which is on the ice, and bounces out perfectly for Lowry. Um, haven't seen a rebound quite like that, I don't think, in my life. Um, and you know things are rough when Brandon Carlo is scoring an unassisted goal as your lone tally of the night. Uh, yeah, Nino Niederreiter adds another one on the power play. They're looking great for giving him that contract extension um, they did about a month ago. Um, and they were heavily dominated, I'd say, on the faceoff dot. They lost 57.4% of draws. Very ugly oh game God, for yeah. the Bruins. Um, they get Minnesota again, who's becoming a bit of a thorn in the side. Um, Olmark makes 33 saves on 35 shots. They lost 3-2. to two. They were outshot heavily, 35-21. to 21. But my favorite thing from this... David Pasternak, 20th goal of the year. Guy's just going to do it every year now. Uh, but he's in his spot on the power play the whole time. And he mm-hmm. scored. Let's do that. This team kind of struggles to score now a little bit. Let's do that. Let's do that all the time. Last couple of years, every single time, every power play, that's where he sits the whole time. That hasn't been the case this year. Maybe it's because you lose your top two centers, but that hasn't been the case. Keep it that way. Uh Brandon Carlo, in what was a tough game, inadvertently buries one for Joel Erickson Eck. Um, Prokoprizov is establishing himself as maybe the new age Tomas Vanek. Um, he's becoming a Bruins killer. If you remember, Tomas Vanek would That's crush great. the Bruins where, no matter what team he played on, uh, particularly Buffalo. Um, then he makes a give-and-go pass. Uh, well, then there's the same play, actually. Uh, makes a give-and-go pass to what ended up to himself. Uh, Steen, Beecher, Geeky, all nearby. No one can make a play. Steen lost his stick, though, given the benefit of the doubt. Too easy for a guy like Kaprizov. Can't happen. Um, and then 
another bad moment for Carlo. Protecting the front of the net, uh, Marcus Felino, Carlo's here. Felino just kind of gets a little around him, buries it. Can't have that, especially for a big guy like Carlos had a great year. I uh, just can't let that happen. Um, tough scene. And then uh, Geeky adds one late. Good work behind it and Frederick behind the net on the forecheck, but it just wasn't enough. Uh, a tough game. Got to win one of those against a team like the Wild. But to be fair, they have been playing better since the coaching change. Much better. Uh, Buffalo have lost 21 of the last 24 games against the Bruins now. Uh, Swimming makes 25 saves on 26 shots. The Bruins are out shot 26 to 25. They win four to one. They're the 20th win of the season. Uh, they're 57, 54.7% on the draw. Zaka moves to wing. Morgan Gigi to one C. Didn't expect that. Um, Charlie Coyle had a big game, couple goals. Jake DeBrusque got back in the mix, back in the mix for once. Still want to see him score. And the Bruins scored three times on the power play. That was nice to see. Which is very nice. Four game losing streak is over. Kareem Hunt is in the end zone for the Browns. That's not David Njoku. No, it's not. And I think he had the catch to get them in the red zone, which is pain. I was rooting for you in my head. Um, Mason Lorai. My thing with him still remains. The defensive game needs work. His skating is good in transition. He can walk the line of the power play, do things offensively. But when he needs to back check or really get back, He's not a good enough skater yet. His defense is not good enough. Um, there's still some decision-making things for him to work on, but that's okay. But when you get him in a situation like that, he makes a good move outside of the offensive blue line, waits around a little bit, pinches in, gets the rebound, bing, bang, boom. That's just what his game is going to be at his best when he's an NHL player. He's good in the offensive zone. He's smart. He can move the puck. Um, but... For him, it's going to be about uh, building out the other aspects of that game. I think he did better uh, defensively at points at this game. So that's a good sign. Um, but I th- still think in a fully healthy scenario, you send him down. And, you know, when you're looking at guys like Forward and Grizzly being UFAs, you let one, if not both of them, go. And Mason Lowry is full-time in your NHL lineup next year. Um, I think that makes too much sense to not do. Um, DeBrusque, too. Like I said, I like to see him score some more goals like he's used to. But really nice feeds on both Coil goals. Uh, maybe you keep them together now. So that's something to monitor. And Morgan Geeky goals in back-to-back games. Gets a greasy one in this one, uh, which ended up being big late. And Eric Johnson plays a little bit of spoiler for the shootout or shootout shutout um, and just absolutely hammers one past Swayman that I don't think he had really much of a chance on. So that's okay. How much did you catch in the last week of games, Ryan? Uh, I caught the Buffalo game, the majority of it. Did not really see any think? of the Minnesota game, the Winnipeg game. The DeBrus thing, I'm glad you brought that up because at least last night, we, a guy we kind of harped on la- on last week's show, um, thought he was obviously more engaged. Like you said, the, the helpers were nice to see. Um, good to have Coyle get going a little bit more of late because it's a guy, obviously, I feel like, you know, outside of Pasternak, Coyle's a guy you should be leaning on, should be producing, and he has yeah. been for the most part this year. Um, good to see him step back up. And then Geeky's been the interesting one, a guy that I feel like is kind of been under the radar this year. Um, obviously not the biggest of name, but to see him, you know, step up in the lineup and you know get a chance and play pretty well of late, um, that's good to see. Because again, it, it's mainly been Pasternak as your scoring of late, so you're going to need a, a, other guys to step up and to see yeah. Kiki do that's been good. Um, and just too, you know, again, watching the majority of this game, it just looked like and felt like they got out of the gate faster in this one, um, which was good to they see because I feel did. like 
And some of the games I, that too. Yeah, and some of the games I had been able to catch, um, you know, super sluggish starts, you know, getting outshot, outworked. Like you said, the Winnipeg game, they lose more than half of their face-offs that they were in, so that's obviously yeah. not a recipe for success. Um, it's Buffalo, so you, maybe you take it with a grain of salt because, like you said, the Bruins have had such a dominating performance against them um, mm-hmm. time after time. But it is a step in the right direction nonetheless. Like, you need to see a performance like this, and it seemed like everything was pretty much clicking in this game, which was good. Yeah, and shout out to my buddy Ryan Berry, who was in the chat talking about Geeky earlier. It's so funny because I was with him the night of the Winnipeg game, and he was mm-hmm. chirping about Morgan Geeky. He's always like a troll pessimist about the Bruins, mm-hmm. no matter you know what he actually feels you know is uh, a mystery. But and then after that, Morgan Geeky scores in back to back games, so maybe reverse he jinx maybe Morgan Geeky heard him telepathically. Um, but yeah, reverse jinx, I guess. Um, Two nights from now, New Jersey comes to town. Um, Jack Hughes has 40 points despite missing a few games. He's played 26 games and has 40 points. Uh, the Devils are very much underachieving, though. Did the Browns just score again, or is that like a uh, interception celebration or something? Um, they're 18-13-2, sixth in the Metro. What are we looking at here? Fumble? Yeah, fumble. Got to keep better control of the ball, buddy. Um Devils are good. Like they're good, but they're not good. They're good on paper, but they're not good in terms of execution. I think they need to add a goalie. I'm looking at John Gibson eventually for them to make us blockbuster trade. They've got that uh nine bill nine billion uh nine million from a Dougie lot of Hamilton. Money. That'd be a lot of money. He's on uh, long term IR. I think till playoffs at this point. That gives them a lot to work with, and I think you'd be stupid to not add a guy like John Gibson with how bad the Ducks have been. Um, he's wanted out at times, I feel like, past couple of years. Um, they won the last two, though, so maybe they come in a little hot, give you a game, maybe they start getting things going, get back into the playoffs. Uh, Detroit, Detroit, though, uh, brother, they started hot. They're 16, 15, and 4 now. They're fourth in the Atlantic. Alex DeBrinket paces them in scoring with 34 points, 35 games. They've lost their last two in eight of their last 10. Um, pretty rough. Ever since they went to, I believe, yeah, they were in the Swedish series. I feel like it's been kind of rough since then. I don't know what happened when they went over to Stockholm, I believe it was. Um, they need to figure it out, though, because this is a team that has a lot of pressure, especially with that hot start, uh, to get back into the playoffs. Then you got Columbus, who sucks ass. They did beat New Jersey, um, who also kind of sucks, but, you know, you're playing them. It's a little relevant. Uh, they're 11-18-7. Zach Wierenski with one goal in 24 assists is their leading scorer in 34 games. Um, and they've lost three straight in seven of their last 10. Hold At this up, point, man. man, with how dysfunctional they've been, they got, got a guy like Justin Danforth, who's a good player, but he's on their first line. They don't have enough depth. At this point, if you're the Blue Jackets, you need another blue chip top forward prospect. At this point, you got to hope to be bad. Maybe getting that run for Max Celebrini, who had five points last uh, yesterday, 14th Canada in the World Juniors as a 17-year-old at BU as well. Very good. Um, World Juniors, by the way, crushing it uh, from uh, the sportsbook side of things. Loving the tournament this year. Not going to get into a spiel, though. Uh, but it's been very fun. Thank you, Pittsburgh. To cap off what's a pretty winnable stretch of games. Like, Stretch, I hope they go 3-1 and one at least on. Um, the Penguins are getting production from their top guys, but 
Their defense is just not good enough. Um, believe it or not, adding a guy that doesn't play defense despite scoring 100 points last year doesn't necessarily help your bottom line when your defense mm-hmm. isn't as strong, uh, super strong to begin with. Uh, but it is what it is. I think it's the end of the era for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Certainly feels that way for a decent amount. Like we talked about it, I think last week, bringing up Ovechkin. Like I feel like it's starting to feel like that for a lot of these older guys. Ovechkin's dropping teams. off. Yeah, Crosby's still what, phenomenal. What Crosby's drop off. Yeah, Crosby is playing his balls off. Um, still phenomenal, but Ov has dropped significantly. Um, and Nicholas Backstrom, I don't think will play another game due to his uh, complications with his hip injury. And Evgeny Kuznetsov sucks. And uh, he's going to get traded this offseason. Good luck. Uh, he makes too much money to make it that for an easy trade. Uh, Jake Gensel is pacing them on the score sheet. 33 games played, 38 points. Uh, defense and the depth um, is pretty bad. Goaltending has honestly been not terrible. Um, I think you'll take what you've gotten from Tristan Jari after giving him that extension. Uh, but, you know, there are areas of improvement. I don't know if they're going to be able to do enough through the course of the season to return to the playoffs. Um, after that absence last year. I think it might be over for the Penguins, but they still have enough core talent to, you know, with the right moves if they were to miss the playoffs this year to get back next year. But right now I'm not feeling great about the Penguins. Uh, Do you have any uh, expectations for the upcoming week? Because I think they have a winnable stretch ahead. Yeah, it was just, I was just going to echo that, that a decent amount of winnable games on here. You prefer, like you said, for them to go three and one, that would be obviously successful. Um, but that's kind of the same thing I said about the Buffalo game. Just like continue to do that. Continue to get off to fast starts. Don't be playing from behind or have to play catch up. Cause that's obviously when they have seemingly struggled this year. Um, you know, the, the defense in front of the, in front of the goalies last, at least swimming the other night, last night was, was better than it has been. So keep that up. Yeah. Swimming um, did get a lot of goal support going into the last he did. Yeah, either. that's true I too. Think Kevin Paul Dupont said he had like one or two goals scored for him in like his previous three starts. So that's not gonna nice to get it. him four for once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just all the, it's easier to say than it is to do it, but all the good things that you did in the Buffalo game, just try to continue that moving yeah. forward. Cause that's obviously, I feel like what this team is, is more capable of doing than they have been um, and over the, over the last uh, stretch or so. Uh, agreed. Good buddy. Excuse me again. Um, on to some MLB stuff to wrap up the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Yamamoto, a little bit uh, out of the news cycle at this point, but we should give our reactions to one of the bigger signings of the offseason. Yamamoto joins his Japanese buddy Shohei Otani in L.A. And uh, I got to say I'm a little surprised. Like I was kind of ready to wait this out a little longer with the rumors that he might wait until the new year. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't the case. Uh, He makes his decision. He's going to the Dodgers. $325 $325 million. Um, I think I saw somewhere he makes less annually than Chris Sale. That's that's probably the 27 point, yeah, whatever it is, 08, I think, in exchange. That, not surprising. Look, losing him to the surprising, Dodgers but, was yeah. somewhat expected given mm-hmm. Shohei's presence. Dodgers yeah. very good, big market. They always spend money. But to see that... It aggravates you. It was a punch it? in the chest. Yep. A punch in the chest. I'm glad you brought up the timing of it because I was with you. Like everything we that's kind of where I'm at too. I'm so glad this is actually this is over now because I was so sick and I tired by the end of it of hearing mm-hmm. all the bogus rumors about, you know, oh, this guy's having a, a 
rented out this sushi restaurant for you that know, was 20 so people. Funny. It just, was funny, but tell that was fake. You could tell that this guy's fake. he's on a plane. That was the Otani stuff, but I'm so glad this is all over and done with. Um, but the timing of it was weird because I think it came out maybe I think it was Friday night out of literally nowhere, like seven o'clock, eight o'clock, might have been later at night. Just oh, yep, he's signing with the Dodgers out of nowhere. You, I think, had it on Thursday. The report was it was the Yankees, right? Or it was uh, who was what was the one you read on air that you thought it was maybe. Oh yeah, yeah that was um, one of Pat McAfee's guys. I I just kind of threw it out there because mm-hmm. it was topical, and if yep. it, you know if he ended up signing with the Yankees, it's relevant. But you yep. know, put it out there as like a grain of salt type of things. And the Browns are in the end zone again. Who's scored? I'm telling you, the Browns. Who is it? They didn't even show. Is it my big tight end? The name on the little graphic. Oh, it's probably not in the joke. Then. Uh it looks like thirty-three. That's not in a joke. Who? Who's thirty-three? That's not What's like that Pierre Strong. Is that a defensive is still... player? Who the hell is that? Is that Pierre Strong? Is that what he wears? What a guess. It's a potential running back number. I have no idea who that is. Let's get back oh, to the baseball. That's... Sorry, my dad just texted me saying I should have put 100 bucks on the Pistons. That would have, no, that's just idiotic. He would have made a lot of money right now, but because the Celtics are down 17 to the Pistons. They're down but... 17 to the Pistons? Yep, they were down 19 going into halftime. Oh, brother. Yeah, they're. They're bricking threes again, left and right. It's not fun to watch. I have it on in the background here, but that would not have lit a hundred dollars on fire. I'll check to see on the Pistons who uh, scored real quick. It looks like was I right? Was it Pierce? Not that it matters if it's not in a record, like immediately recognizable. If it's a joke, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, the the whole Yamamoto stuff. My kind of takeaway is obviously he was introduced to the Dodgers, I believe, yesterday afternoon. Um, and there were some interesting comments coming from him, at least interesting ones that I took that I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on as well, because I don't know if you saw these or not. Um, you brought it up that he did join his uh, his. Oh my god, Njoku has 113 yards. Sorry, to interrupt. no touchdown. That's he's kicking the ball. So sick that he could have done that last week and you know hit up four forty eight and a half. <laughs> oh, right, it looks like yeah. Jerome. F- no, never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. I misread. Right. Uh, I thought he had a rushing touchdown for his first one. Then I saw receiving as well. Uh, so no, I thought it's he a might touchdown a nonetheless, one. so it works. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know meant... who scored that last touchdown, to be honest. It's all it right. We'll figure it out player. later. We'll figure it out in post. Um, yeah, you mentioned that he signed with his, his teammate in Shohei Otani. Uh, he was actually asked about that, you know, signing with the Dodgers and signing with Otani and uh, how much of an influence Shohei Otani had on his decision. Um, and through his translator, I thought he gave an interesting uh, comment where Yamamoto went on to say, quote, I wouldn't say he was the sole reason in deciding to come here. And if he went somewhere else, I probably would have still ended up with L.A. Uh, Yamamoto also went on to say, quote, winning now and winning into the future was probably the most important thing to making this decision. And then his other quote was uh, through my talks with the front office. It was really clear that they wanted to win Again, focusing on that win aspect and win now in the future. Uh, on top of that, the fact that Shohei was doing that, talking about his deferrals, uh, of course, also signaled that it wasn't just the front office. It was also the players that bought into the winning atmosphere that really resonated with me. Um, this was an interesting comment from Yamamoto's agent. Um, this is from Dylan Hernandez of the LA Times on Twitter. Then, quote, Yoshinobu Yamamoto's agent, Joe Wolf, said uh, he thought that San Francisco really reminded him of Osaka and thought it was a beautiful city. If the Dodgers had not been pursuing him, there was a good chance San Francisco would have been his destination. Not Giants. LA, not Giants. New York, not the a Mets. Comparison that might have might be the first time ever. Like I talk I might have mentioned this to you last week on the show. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I mentioned this to someone. The Carolina Hurricanes are in on a score every year. Alex Dabrinkit, Timo Meyer, Matthew Chuck. They always miss always out. Always fall short. That is, that is the MO on the that's, Giants. That's so the Giants. Yep. And, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Not great. There, there are a, co- a couple of takeaways that relate to the, not obviously relate to the Red Sox, but to me, I want to play them to the Red Sox because it, it, these comments and the destination of choosing for Yamamoto, if it wasn't the Dodgers, it would be San Francisco. Um, it really just to me shows how far behind the whole situation too, real quick. Cause I have found this funny over the, the days since Yamamoto has signed. Um, you know, you heard the giants were out of the running right out of the gate when, you know, stuff was starting to formulate that they were done. Um, they weren't going to sign them. Then when he did sign immediately, it's, it felt like you got the Mets offer and the Yankees offer. And the Mets offer, I think was, I think identical to what he signed with for the Dodgers. The Yankees, I think offered, uh, yeah, the Yankees offered 10 years, 300 million. The Mets offered the same 12 year, $325 million deal. Um, so you at least heard about those two teams. You knew they were interested. Like, have we heard anything, anything at all? Related to an offer that the Red Sox may put out there, what their number might have been. You know, we obviously knew they had a meeting with him. Um, has anything like that come out since he signed with the Dodgers? No. Not not that you have seen, not that I have seen, not that anyone has seen. Yeah, Ryan, there, like it really I'm was just, an offer. I'm saying this from an exaggeratory, I don't even know if that's a word standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like I I'm close to just denouncing the Red Sox. I don't know how you can't. Because then, again, like the whole winning I say now, that, but like if, you know, if they're back in the postseason the last three, next three years, I'll be back. Admit to being I, a weather fan right then and there. I am so beyond done with this bullshit. They have a new president of baseball ops and they're not spending money. I said it the other day. If you were going to talk about like aggression, this, why, did, why didn't different you just approach. keep Pine Bloom? They do it's nothing. It's the same thing. What? Why does it take so long to figure out how to sign Lucas Giolito? He had a shit year he's not last year. Good. He had a shit year last year. He's one of the bigger names because there's not a lot left. Blake mm-hmm. Snell, I get it. Blake no, so that's the problem. There money. are still a Jordan lot Jordan Montgomery left. is going to get a lot of money. I don't think, unless I'm missing something, Lucas Giolito is not going to no, break the bank. A lot of money at all. Maybe they're this. trying to get Snell or Montgomery and it's taking some time. But, like, my God. The fact that they have done nothing, even in the last couple of days, we've heard of Teoscar Hernandez following fucking Red Sox, following fucking accounts, looking for a three, four year deal. A guy you could actually spend some money on. I don't want to give him that many years, but, and that hasn't happened. You got to pay for what? talent. They don't know that, but you have to do it. And it's, this, it's pretty obvious. God. No, but that real quick. In Boston, in- this can't happen. In a different no, market, that- it can. In Boston, it can That's what I was going to say. The whole Yamamoto stuff from the fact that you have not heard a legitimate Red Sox offer rumor, whatever you want to call it. The fact that not that he did this to spite any of the other teams, um, but Yamamoto mentions that, you know, winning now is important for me winning in the future. So we have built a sustainable baseball team. Um, The front office is really clear that they want to win now and in the future. To me, it, it, Again, it, everyone has said this, or multiple people have said this at the Boston Red Sox or the Boston Red Sox by name. They don't act like a big market team. We've talked about it before. I have fully convinced myself now after seeing all this and hearing all this and you know, not seeing the reports or anything about the Red Sox or an offer or anything. Maybe I'm blowing that out of the water, but I don't think so. I have fully convinced myself they were never really in on this guy. 
it was just smoke and mirrors. Hey, we'll throw our name into the hat mm-hmm. and see if, you know, maybe for whatever reason out, he chooses like, us. Oh, they gave him a $300 million offer. Mm-hmm. The big thing, too, is like not that they've never not spend, spent. The Dodgers have been good for a while, and they always do do something. They, yeah, they always at least have tried to do something. Like to show that hey, we yeah, want to win. We want to, you know, it might not be the best decision, quiet. but they're never quiet. Nope, they operate like That's I, not maybe to the level of the Dodgers at times. Like the Sox kind of used to be like that. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I had this argument with my grandfather and my dad at Christmas Eve because they're they're in the uh, the realm. Like I feel like a lot of people are, so I'm not just going to knock them um, and throw them under the bus. Of like, oh, that's ridiculous that the Dodgers have spent a billion dollars on these two players. That's insane. And my argument was, hey, if you're a Dodgers fan, do you really John care? Henry has enough money to if, stack that's, up. Yeah. Do you really care that the Dodgers spent a million dollars? Like, yeah, I'm sure people will probably be upset that pro- ticket prices are probably going to go up for the Dodgers and everything. But hey, it's a big market team that's operating like a big it's market team. LA. And they want to win. Like LA uh, is... Like it's a, mind-blowing to me. And you mentioned, like, obviously, I, I don't hate the player. He, he'll fit this lineup in Teoscar Hernandez. But I find it so funny that the Red Sox miss out on a pitcher. You need starting dude, pitching. And the first guy they transition to is, hey, we'll get a power bat. It's okay. We'll fill our void that way. You know way. what? I'm expecting them to miss out on Teoscar Hernandez, too, because I have well, no if you, faith. If, if there's a guy into... to have a lot of faith in right now, it's him. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of more so leaning towards at the same time, if this makes any sense, of them missing out somehow to him on the Angels. Yep. Well, if the you read Angels into some of these, seem to be the biggest team. Yeah. And they can articles. use any help. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Connor Ryan of Boston.com, uh, I saw he had an article talking about this. And like I said, there are some comments in it that yeah, the Red Sox are interested in Oscar Hernandez, but they haven't approached him. This was. Uh, First one was, quote, in the latest piece from the Boston Globe's Alex Spear, a reporter of the Red Sox have, quote, been discussing potential contract parameters with 31-year-old Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, Spear added that even though a formal offer has not been put on the table as of this weekend, Boston has ramped up its communication with Hernandez in his camp after the Red Sox came up short in the Yoshinobu Yamamoto sweepstakes. In this uh, on Wednesday afternoon, Mass Labs Chris Cotillo added on X. Uh, that Boston remains, quote, among the most aggressive suitors for Hernandez, adding that the slugger has a, quote-unquote, handful of teams interested in him. As you mentioned, one of those teams is the Angels, who, after losing Shohei Otani, needs some sort of thump in that lineup. I, I just find it funny that, again, you know, they're interested in him, but no discussion has been made, no contract has been put out there for him. I feel like with every one of these free agents with the Red Sox we talk about, it's just kind of like a, hey, a filling-out process. Like, hey, we'd really like That's you it. to come play for us. What do you think? Would you like to come here? Like, if you were really in on this guy, oh, you have you have even the slightest doubt or whatever. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. We're good. We'll let you go. Right, yeah, else. see you later. Like, if you're really in on this guy, again, like you said, you've done nothing this off season except make a couple of trades here and there, uh, bring in some again reclamation projects. I don't hate the Tyler O'Neill move, but it's a move that's not going to move the needle for you or put you over the top. This one really isn't either. It's another bat when you need two to three arms still. Like, you, you need pitching. And again, I find it so funny that hey, the fact they've done nothing. In the pitching department, besides signing Cooper Criswell and adding some fucking guy from the Mariners and whoever the, the guy of Yankee prospects, uh, the Yankee guy, yeah, yep. um, who the one guy who's gonna probably be on the Icert or yeah, whatever his name is. They don't know their own priorities, which is it's astonishing I'm to out, me. Like again, you, know, I you can find a spot for this guy for sure. Nothing. 
Like I, I just I don't get again where the mindset is. Like again, he'll help the lineup. He's a good bat to have. He rakes at Fenway Park. The other part of that Connor Ryan article um, was the other quote was Hernandez has averaged 33 homers per 162 games in 2000 since 2019, uh, while his 606 slugging percentage at Fenway Park ranks 13th all time among qualified batters. Minimum of 100 plate appearances, of course. Um, so it's a guy that will fit your lineup and will be pretty well. No, it would be an incredible. Do you need an outfielder right now, though. Like you have five outfielders, you need no, pitching. Yeah, you got Tyler O'Neill. That's the other thing. Yeah, you got plenty your guy. of pitching you on got the market. For still. Very cheap. You don't need to trade overextend for a guy who might take four years and will be thirty-five and potentially horrible at the end of the contract. He's another um, guy that'll turn into a DH at that point. The like, funniest thing, Ryan. No matter what they do, is that they miss the playoffs and s- somehow lose the lottery. Like they they're like pretty bad. There's like a lottery the athletics now. Just like the and athletics that's kind did of their earlier. Hope. The athletics yeah. did it. The Rockies might have dropped down as well. Um, I think a lot of people. It would did, be so Cleveland funny if the Red Sox are somehow terrible. And this is doing gloom. Yes, it's hater mentality. I get it. If they pull bullshit and put a bullshit team out there next year that they could have made better, and they have like a chance to win the lottery and don't and do all this to pick like fourth or fifth. That would be so funny. Like, can we, can we impeach John Henry and Tom Warner at this point? Is that possible? I'd like to, it's not possible. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Team, but uh, no, cause then oh, the other comment too, that should fucking agonizing. That should aggravate you to high hell was the one from Sean McAdam right after it seemed like they lost the Yamamoto um, sweepstakes. And this is the one that, for all the idiots that are going to spend money and go to um, the winter weekend that's coming up at some point in this off season. Um, if you don't go there and boo and just absolutely obliterate, if they even end up going John Henry and all of them, um, John this Henry is the will, comment. John Henry will not be a winter weekend. No, he'll duck it a hundred percent. But this is the comment that should have you just pitchforks. Uh, I was like, can't think of the uh, torches that, Brain's not working at this point in the show. It's okay. Um, yeah, I've been the there. The Sean McAdams that. comment that is, I think it was a Tyler Milliken tweet that had it too that said, quote, in the aftermath of the Yamamoto news, uh, one industry official was speculating on how the Red Sox might pivot to find the necessary starting pitching. Uh, when I suggested free agent Jordan Montgomery, a good fallback option, the official scoffed and offered that even Montgomery would be too expensive for the Red Sox current budget plans. If you can't shell out money, I can't remember off for the top one of my head. starter. Well, just Jordan just Montgomery one. alone. Like, he's not going to break the one. bank here. That 160 I, is breaking the bank, I guess. One starter. No, you said it earlier. They're going to – what was the tweet that you had? It was Giolito, and they're interested in Giolito, who, again, great. You're going to sign the guy that led the league in home runs last year. And he gave up, I think, 41 home runs. 41. It's a lot of home runs. Um, that's the guy that's going to be your big is, premier pitching target is the Giolito guy that led the guy. They're like, oh, we saw Giolito. You know, They'll pin him as the opening day before. starter, too, and everyone will be like, look at this shiny new starter. toy we got. They'll talk <laughs> about his good years in Washington. Washington. Chicago. Fucking White Sox. Um, I just, I can't fucking do this shit anymore. It just, I can't, I can't get, wrap my head around it that you lost out on a premier starting pitcher. Okay, that was probably bound to happen. Like, let's be honest, you were never in on this guy in Yamamoto. Also, how do you what it, does Imanaga not play baseball anymore? Like, why is no yeah? Those rumors have died anymore? off pretty quick, huh? You like that? 
Nothing. Com- completely out on that guy all of a sudden. Yeah. Oh, oh, the MLB is the MLB is starting to piss me off. More well, so I, than it already did. That's the whole I could get into a whole tangent of how the MLB that's, needs to have some sort of signing date or something that these guys need to sign by because the MLB offseason's a joke. Like all of the other sports, effort. it gets done in a couple days. Effort. They but, it feels like they fucking traded for Tyler O'Neill and they're like, we're good. We'll wait it out. We'll get someone for something cheaper than we'd like, and that's it. We'll fucking finish fourth or fifth. We won't sniff the playoffs. Like, I don't care if you miss the playoffs next year. Just show some fucking effort for a team that's won so much. Effort costs too much money. So much. They've won three times in this decade. That's very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Show some fucking effort. They're not only they've won three times, they've they're three and oh in World Series. If you fucking put a contender out there, given the past history, you know, there's been some time in between championships, you can win. The, well, my the big sample thing size is, is there. I still just, I can't wrap my head around the fact that, again, like, it's not that they're not, well, they aren't, aren't showing effort because they haven't been able to sign anybody. Um, but, you know, if you're one of those people that consider, oh, well, I'll go against it. Okay, well, they, we, you just said it. They're, they're looking at Teoscar Hernandez. Again, I like the player. But the fact that, again, you miss out on the starting pitching. You need pitching. You have plenty of outfielders. Again, you could use a right-handed hitting bat. So if you bring Hernandez in, you're probably going to have to move somebody else out. Not a problem. Don't care. My problem is the fact that your proactive move after missing out on a pitcher is going and getting another outfielder. Like, do you not know? Do you not recognize what you have on this team? Brian, I'm so happy we've turned this into a a fucking just shit complete storm. Dump on, a dump on the Red Sox. I, th- but... I, think, I think we had some pent-up emotion here, and I love no, absolutely. that. Absolutely. But oh, no, there was even a report oh, out today that God. I think I, I – oh, no, it, it got deleted. I was going to send it to you, and then it never went through. Uh, that they were in on potentially a relief pitcher in the name of Robert Stevenson. Who Good the relief fuck pitcher. is that? Decent relief pitcher, but again, you're focusing your efforts in the wrong spot because I fully think at this point they brought in Craig Breslow, and his thing in Chicago was, oh, he developed all these young pitchers. You know, The, the pitching got better under Craig Breslow because he had an eye for talent when it came to developing guys. My concern now is the more that these reports come out, that they're going after an outfielder, that they want to sign another reliever to shore up the bullpen. My concern is, oh, this is just going to throw Garrett Whitlock back in the rotation, throw Tanner Houck back in it, put, for whatever reason, Josh Winchkowski, they want to try to make a starter. We saw that rumor at the start of the offseason. Makes no sense. Like They're going to try to bring some of these young guys out of the bullpen back into the rotation, and it's not going to work. Go out and sign some big starters. I saw somebody throw this out there. I am down with the idea of trying Tanner Houck at closer for a full season. Even with Jansen? That's just completely out of left field. I wouldn't do that just yet. Okay, well, I keep I him in the bullpen for sure. I thought Kenley Jansen was a free agent, so I retract no, my statement. One more year. I um, figured, you know, I, I know Kenley Jansen existed, but, you know, now looking back, back at it in retrospect, I don't know why that person would have suggested that given Kenley Jansen's uh, presence, so I retract my statement. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, this it, it's unbelievable to me that they just it, they don't they just don't seem to get it. And again, if you're no, operating no. like this, what was the point? I didn't like the guy. You didn't like him either. But if you're going to operate like this and do nothing again, what the hell was the point of firing Heimblum? Like you're doing the exact same. You're operating the same way. Like if I was that guy, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, I, he doesn't I'd have a up, job. I call up John Henry and be like, dude, I could sit on my thumbs again this off season and, and do absolutely nothing and just sit there and and twirl my my fingers around doing nothing like 
I don't understand why I got shit canned when you're John doing Henry the exact sits same thing on with both thumbs guy. and then sniffs them afterwards. Like, fucking, I'm so Russell. done. Ah, God. But yeah, I mean, then like the tweet that you had that that said that they're making a big push or whatever the word was to sign Julito. Like again, such a bargain bin. So move. sick, so like, sick. Yeah, Highland again, that would left. make sense if you have missed never out left. on the the Snells, the Montgomerys, the Imanagas. Like you said, they're all still there. All they do is cost money. Hey, wake up, open your checkbook. If you really wanted the bargain bin, you could have got Michael Walker back. Yep. They're both on the fucking Royals. They want to outbid by the, yeah, Royals. the Royals. I think without. Well, the athletics genuine question. Money. Genuine question. Genuine question. Did the Kansas City Royals ever win a World Series before 2015? I want to say yes, but it was a okay. long. I can't remember okay. what the the date was. It was okay, right before our you. time. Um. I think we're done here. Yeah, good to get this off our chest because, I mean, it's just been a whole lot of frustration. Like I said, we needed it. We didn't know we needed yeah. it. But a lot of, of pent-up rage. We needed it. For mm-hmm. fuck's sakes, what a maddening fucking brutal franchise. Um, What's also maddening is I should have bet on the Celtics. My dad said bet on the Pacers I, or bet on the Pistons. I should have bet on Why, the Celtics the when they were down huge because now it is 82-79 Pistons. Celtics? My dad just texted me three minutes ago, said took Celtics plus three and a half in a live bet uh at half when they were down nineteen. So that's what I he's talking about the same bet. They guy. were I was gonna take their money line and I'm like, ah, nineteen. I hope they don't yeah, just yeah, come yeah, out and, yeah. and mail it in. But now nah, I'm kicking myself for not doing that. So Yeah. Alrighty. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for episode one hundred and seventy three of the Solajo and Karate Sports Podcast. Um, we are planning on being back to Wednesday recordings, live uh, Thursday shows for everybody to watch after the fact or listen to. Um, but that is unconfirmed. But I think we're I think we're probably on good track to do that. I don't see why not. Uh, but just got to do the scheduling change, I suppose. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, been a great year. This is our last episode of the year. Um, another awesome year. Another fun year. Um, looking forward to many more. Uh, thank you so much. You can find us on Twitter at Mike underscore Craddy at Ryan underscore Roger and the show at Selling Craddy Pod. Um, you can find us on TikTok at Selling Craddy Pod. I'm trying to get old TikTok producer Mike McClellan to start posting some old videos. Uh, you know his old style rather. He's infiltrating our chat. Is, he's infiltrating the chat. He's fake well... people, so he he's got time on his hands. You guys want a producer? I was like, nah, but you can post on the TikTok again. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us wherever you find your podcast. You can find us on the Full Press Coverage Twitch YouTube channels and um, on the App Store with the Full Press Coverage app. We're also going live from here on out on the Full Press Coverage Instagram live, so you can check that out as well. Whatever you feel. Um, stay safe, stay healthy, be nice to people. Again, like you know, Christmas last week, people get a little crazy. Maybe uh, drive when they're a little tipsy. Be safe around this time of year. New Year's can be the same thing. Be smart. Um, you know, all that good stuff. We'll talk to you next week in 2024. I'm very much looking forward to 2024. I hope you are too. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace out. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.